This episode of Nintendo Voice Chat is brought to you by Monster Hunter Generations, available on July 15th. Nintendo! There it is. Welcome, welcome. July 7th, 2016. I'm Jose Otero. To my left is Brian Altano. Mm -hmm. To my right is Per Schneider. Hello. And to his right is Samuel Claiborne. Hey, everybody. So. Hey, listen. It's an interesting year because uh, it's not just 2016. IGN turns 20 this year. I'm not sure if you guys know. But. uh, We're ancient. We're ancient. He's ancient. Um, And. On September 29th, the site was launched. Pear was here since day one. That's uh, quite an accomplishment. I mean, that deserves a, a round of applause. That's, that's an amazing feat. Thank you, In yes. this business. Age, age deserves an yeah, And age wins. Thank you. So 2016 was also the 20th anniversary of the Nintendo 64, which is very much intertwined with the site as a whole. Um, pretty much that was the, also the heyday era for Nintendo, right? Yeah, and the idea was, I mean, N64.com launched on the day the N64 came out. So... You know, it wasn't by coincidence that IGN la- launched the same day, obviously, right? Oh, that was one of the... planned it. That was the, yeah, that was the, the, the first big major North American system launch that IGN was online for. And then, obviously, we had, like, Saturn World, PlayStation, PSX Power, a couple of websites. Next Generation, you guys remember that magazine? So, yeah, we created the online version of that, Next Gen Online and Next Generation Online. And so, yeah, that's when it all started for us. So we, we had this special relationship with the N64 from the very beginning. So we thought, because these stars have aligned and it's the 20th anniversary, we should talk a little bit about the Nintendo 64 before we move on to a really fun audience participation bit, where you guys are going to help us draw up the top 10 Nintendo 64 games. So keep that in the back of your mind while you're listening to the show. Remember them. Or listening to us. Yeah, please. IGN um, is officially tired of writing its own lists, yeah. and we are now <laughs> outsourcing <laughs> them. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I'm going to try and get this list published on the site with blurbs written by our writers, but it will still have come from here, and so we will really appreciate your help. If it's um, bad, we're all going to leave really nasty comments, just so you guys know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we, we <laughs> tend to do that from time to time. That's, that's a good role reversal. The audience <laughs> writes a list, and the IGN editors leave the comments. <laughs> Worst so, list. So uh, let's talk about the Nintendo 64, right? I mean, again, launches 1996. Uh, Went on to uh, lifetime sales, 32 million units, uh, 224 million units of software. Uh, but more importantly, this is not going to be a super detailed history because we want to keep you guys awake for this part. Um, so we're just going to talk briefly about uh, the Nintendo 64. Apparently Time Magazine called it. Uh, the Nintendo 64 was the machine of the year in 1996. Did anybody know Which, that? Really? Yeah, and it was uh, 1996 was the year NASA launched a machine into space to land on a freaking asteroid. So <laughs> thanks, Time. Did it play Mario 64? <laughs> no, it did, it not. did not. So the yeah, 64 right. wins. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Suck it, NASA. <laughs> but yeah, there, there was a lot of hyperbole when the system launched, I think, from the mainstream press, because I think they could wrap their mind around what this machine was, right? Like, with the PlayStation, nobody knew what Sony was doing. Like, the, 
these guys make TVs, why are they making a console? With Nintendo, everybody got it. Everybody yeah. knew Nintendo, and you looked at the machine, you're like, oh, it's a Super NES, but the cart goes here, and the, you know. But, the but it was on the heels of a flop that was nothing like that. So the Nintendo 64 is returning to things that were more like that, because the Virtual Boy was as far as you could get from the systems they had been but making. Do you think anybody noticed that came out, though? Like, I don't think I did. Magazine, do you think I bought they, it, they got noticed? the whole launch lineup. Nestor's you did? Bowling. Really? Oh, you did You that? bought it at launch? Yeah, I bought it at launch. Do you I still just, have it? It was the worst Christmas. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I still have my, my one, but one eye is out now, so it's just a Your regular eye or the... <laughs> yeah. No, it destroyed eyes. I didn't, I didn't know that. So there was a lot of hype, though, still, because... It it was Nintendo's next home console, which the Virtual Boy kind of wasn't, uh, and the code name was Project Reality, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that set off hype uh, alone. But then it was introduced as the Ultra 64. Right? Yeah, and then you know Nintendo, I, I I think got cold feet because it was really hard to say in Japanese, right? Like it's Urutora 64, hmm. and uh, they changed it to Nintendo 64. They obviously wanted their their brand in there as well. But there was always this mystery around Project Reality and what what it would mean. And you know, just like now, when you guys are all speculating about what the NX is going to be, and you're really excited, we were super excited about the machine. We're like, oh man, it's gonna have CDs this size, and like you know, you were just you you just kind of. You ran wild with the ideas, and then, I mean, let's face it, it was another Super NES, right? Well, and there was the Silicon Graphics thing, right, where oh, yeah. they were partnered with... I mean, this what was Silicon Graphics for people who did not know? Yeah, and they, they showed a lot of rendered cutscenes, right? This is what SGI graphics systems can produce, right? And it was these pre-rendered movies. You're like, oh, my God, looks like real life only doesn't. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, everybody had really high expectations as to what the games would look like. Obviously, we all love N64 games, and some of them looked really good for the time, but they did not look like, you know, pre-rendered. What are you talking about? Pierce Brosnan in the movie GoldenEye 007 totally had (laughs) rectangular hands. (laughs) Like some blocks. He's a pretty boxy man. I want to hear Sam and Brian, just your hype stories a little bit. Like, what were you guys thinking as you were reading this? Well, I was reading IGN 64. I was too, yeah. I was like, someday I'm going to work there. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, the hype for me for the Nintendo 64 uh, only came after uh, I was already reading about it on the Internet, and it was really that the first round of games was just Mario 64 for me, and I just played you know, and thought about that all the time. But, man, it got really quiet after that, and I remember the hype for the system was nothing compared to the hype for games coming out. Ah. There was years of of waits and, and, you know, booms and busts and great games. Yeah, yeah. I Brian, mean, there were there were, a, there were launch. There, they were like waiting for games almost immediately after the first day. Yeah, exactly. Like we got games yeah. the first day. Yeah. We're like, awesome, great. Uh, what's next? And they're like, well, what about Mortal Kombat trilogy? And like, well, yeah. I don't know if that's why I bought an N64. It made me play so many like games for a long time. Though, like Pilot Wings. Yeah, I, I think I hundred percent Pilot Wings. So uh, it actually took me a few days to play my N64 because when I first bought it, I forgot to buy an RF switch for yeah. my TV, which is a thing you had to do back then. So if How you old were you? Know, Hold on a second. How old were you? This was... I was probably 16 or 17. Aww. Yeah. Like, we, we were 15. Long hair. I look, yeah, totally long hair. You know, yeah. just... No, I think I looked exactly the same. <laughs> uh, just younger and scrappier. Just like and half the size, like the... the with a longer cap. rap sheet. Yeah. Um, so uh, I went and bought an N64, and the N64 was special to me because it was the first system I ever, like, actually saved up for. Like, because uh, when you're a kid, you get video game systems for free, or your parents are like, if you mow the lawn, you can get a Super Nintendo. And you're like, I don't understand how to value money. Uh, N64 was expensive, and you had to buy extra controllers with it, or you didn't, 
but you did anyway because you thought you did. Yeah. Mm. Even though there were no four-player games at launch. So I went and <laughs> bought multiple memory packs. I got four different colored controllers. I got an N64, Mario 64, Pilot Wings, and everything. Brought it all home, plugged it in my TV, turned on the TV and heard... <laughs> And Mario starts talking. I'm like, oh, my God. Where's the picture? I can't see him. (laughs) And I realized it was impossible to actually see him because I didn't have the right connectors. Now, I was living in New Jersey, and New Jersey had a thing called the Blue Law, which means stores were closed on Sundays. If you live in New Jersey, that's the least of your problems. Uh, (laughs) Number one is the smell. Um, so <laughs> we couldn't actually go and buy anything to hook up my N64 for a good 48 hours because Monday I had school and I wasn't playing hooky and staying home and listening to Mario all day. So I didn't get to go to Toys R Us until Monday night and that's when I actually got to play my N64 for the first time, although I did try to play just with sound for the longest time. And uh, so that was 48 full hours of having 64 bits of power that were completely useless to me. <laughs> You know, back to the uh, hype so thing, sorry. I remember the most important thing about the Nintendo 64 is that you could walk into a Toys R Us or a Best Buy, and there was always a demo station, and people had gotten, you know, progressively further in Mario 64. So, can I talk on that real quick? Because, yeah. I, like, I, that was my first time interacting with real-life spoiler culture, because totally. I saw out of the corner of my eye Mario picking up Bowser, spinning him in a circle, and throwing him somewhere, and I was like, I can't you see You didn't want right to know. Now. I can't look. And I walked through the Toys R Us like this. And, 16-year-old Brian yeah, walking, wow. covering his eyes. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the security guards were following me anyway. <laughs> See, my, my kids don't care about spoilers. You can tell them the ending to a movie. They're like, awesome! Like, really? It doesn't matter, yeah. yeah. Is, that a, is, that like a, is that a new generation? I, I think it's a new thing. Maybe. I remember, so when I, I got the machine, I actually got it a couple of days early because uh, stores broke the street date when the N64 came out. Like, you could right. go to Toys R Us and they're like, uh, yeah, sure, you can have it, right? Like, they didn't know. <laughs> and um, so I walked home and I was, I was super excited to plop in Mario 64. Everything worked beautifully. Thank you very much. Much. And I was just trying to share my excitement. Didn't have kids back then, right? And plugged the thing Didn't in. Was all share. alone. Showed it to my <laughs> wife, and she's like, "Ah, that's nice." I'm like, "No, you got look the the polygons. They don't wiggle. They don't wiggle. They're steady." And look at this. You can jump in the tree, and you can do a handstand. She's like, "Oh yeah, that's great." <laughs> and so nobody to share that with exci- that excitement with. But I played all night. Wow. I just I felt like I played through the entire game without stopping ever. Nice. Is that why you guys launched a website? You're like, yeah. my wife won't listen. Now the exactly. internet has. Now we're going to make you all listen. Um, so then, okay, so Nin- Pear likes to define the Nintendo 64 era as Nintendo trying to defy expectations. Something he always brings up when we talk about it. Um, and they did, they tried to do it through a number of ways. Number one was to stick with cartridges, right? Like that was a bummer for a lot of people because the industry was going towards CDs. You guys are probably tired of hearing that, but it's true. Hey, Jose, I have a primary source about that. Oh, wow. Ooh. IGN64.com magazine. Wow. What? Yeah. Signed by Pear and Matt Casamacina. Oh, wow. that's cool. In this, it has the that's top 10 reasons why Nintendo cents. stuck with cartridges. Oh, I love how man. you got what an autograph that? from your boss. <laughs> Did you get that years ago? He made ago? me. <laughs> oh, okay. you need the sign. Come on. All right. Top 10 Nintendo marketing reasons why cartridges are better than CDs. Do you think you wrote this? I'll only read the top five. Some of them are a little offensive. Uh, razor sharp edges of CDs could accidentally decapitate unsuspecting gamers. There you go. Yep. So, okay, wait, wait, no. This, the, this edges of Wii U, so <laughs> yeah, the edges of Wii U discs almost explain that because they're so soft. Yeah. Continue. Uh, <laughs> reflecting sunlight off CDs can result in permanent blindness. Yeah. You guys are getting real funny here. Here's a strange one. Charles Manson, well-known CD advocate. Yep. So we had... Oh, my God. I feel like I must explain. Uh, No, no, no. We wrote this magazine in a weekend. (laughs) 
<laughs> we had a website to run on the weekdays. I'm going to make you squirm. Okay. CDs made with skin of endangered animals. Yeah. What? There's no skin. Okay, you know and what? And finally, number one, cartridges aren't just media storage. They're portable friends. Aw, that's kind of nice. It was a lonely yeah. weekend. All right. But yeah, back then, no one could carry a CD anywhere. But, but like, I mean... Think about it, right? Like when when CDs came out, when 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 you got to play PlayStation, you got to play Saturn. There were some other platforms before that. Remember the 3DO, right? The gaming revolution. <laughs> yeah, we were like, all right, that's it. CDs, it makes sense. You have all this storage space. The music sounds beautiful because it's just streaming off the the disc. Red Book Audio. Red Book. And then Nintendo goes, yep, and then it's going to be cartridges. And you know, developers freaked out because they have, you know, when you order a hundred thousand games you want to sell in stores, you have to pay Nintendo for those hundred thousand cartridges right off worked. the bat, right? Yeah. Whereas you had to pay pennies for for making CDs mm-hmm. um, to the CD consortium at the time. So this was a big shock to the industry. But I think it was also a big shock to consumers who thought CD was the next thing. Yep. And that so, everything would be thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah, so store. look forward to NX. So then there were other things, right? The controller, which uh, had the first analog stick, I think, on a console device, which was cool. Yeah. But it was also the weirdest thing you could possibly hold in your hands because you didn't know exactly how to grip it. Was it from the sides, mm-hmm. the middle, or the middle? and the like, It was just the weirdest thing. Do you remember your friend teaching you that? Like, I just remember going over to somebody's house and being like, no, no, you hold it like this. Yeah. yeah. Lots of people held it on the outside, right? Right, and try yeah. to get to the stick in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yeah, and the C stick, well, the C buttons were Nintendo so small. Nintendo themselves had trained us for, for decades at that point to just hold a controller like that. Yeah. And all of a sudden, your hands were together like this, like you were holding shears in your garden. It was a cool idea, but they never actually, you know, you, you were able to hold it on the left too, where you had a D pad and the stick at the yeah. same time. There, I think there were like two that. games that Maybe used that, that, and they were they were really bad. So it was kind of like the concept was great, but you didn't really need that. But it feels that like way. it was entirely designed around Super Mario sixty four, which yeah. you almost got immediately the first time you picked up that controller. And I think it's like, I, I people are talking about VR now in the way that we talked about Mario sixty four the first time because you know we've been so used to three D games for so long and we're so comfortable with them. There hasn't really been that leap. Motion controls were kind of there, right? Yep. But uh, the first time you played Mario 64 and you moved that joystick around and he started running in circles, yep. slow or fast, and you flicked back and he did backflips and stuff, you were like, there's something special here. Well, and that was re- the cool thing. I don't remember any game having that fidelity of control, right? Just like yeah. you inch a little forward, he's tiptoeing, you, you push the analog all the way, he's off and he's running. And you weren't holding a run button and it was just something that was... Almost liberating, but then the game design itself was like exploring a space in a way you hadn't done, right? We had Tomb Raider, which was the other 3D platformer, but it was like doing a math problem in order to like cross a chasm. <laughs> you or had to plan something. your jump ahead and right. then and tell Lara, hey, I'm gonna jump in yeah, a second. I right? loved that game, yeah. but when people would watch me play that game, they'd be like, why do you put up with this? You know, yeah. And I, I was incredulous. I was like, it's fine. What you, are you talking about? You know what else was new was uh, pixie dust around the stick. Oh, yeah. You guys remember Crying Pixie Dust? The over like, the if you look closely, there'd be like little shavings oh, from the controller because it was like octa- octagonal or something. Yeah. The, the casing. The shavings could be from you too. Remember when you played? Oh, that's no. Oh. When you played Mario Party. Can you bring you up the, the controller? Yeah, so uh, so I'm going to switch over. crazy. There was actual <laughs> size. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're going to go quickly through. There were obvious, obviously peripherals like the Rumble Pack, the Transfer Pack, the Nintendo 64 DD, which uh, we never got, the Expansion Pack, which is this not pictured. 64 DD, the truth in it. I can read it Four megabytes of I don't think RAM. we should ever read it from that magazine. <laughs> the truth. Full of lies. It's an exposed. But that was, I, you know, I almost <laughs> feel like the 64 DD was an apology to Square Enix, so to Square at the time, right? Like Square yeah, said, we can't make Final Fantasy. 
latency on a cartridge, and then Nintendo said, ah, oh, we have another plan. Here's a disk drive that lets you write a lot of data, and it's cheaper, and you know, it ne- never yeah. came out in the U.S. We have one in the office, and uh, it's pretty bad. But then, to try and stave off hungry gamers who were just, they wanted games, and the waiting for games was very, very hard on them, there was the Dream Team, which Pear will Ooh. tell you, was probably one of the worst PR moves Nintendo ever performed in possibly the history of the company um, for a lot of reasons. What was the dream team? Well, they, you know, Nintendo announced very proudly that the N64 was about quality, not quantity, right? And at the time, uh, it came on the heels of developers and publishers like Konami, Capcom, Square, Enix, all these companies saying cartridge model is too risky. You know, it's like going back, uh, back to the past. We love CD. And so Nintendo countered by saying, well, we are, we have this invite only list of people who are allowed to make games for the machine. And here they are, the 10, right? Like, if you look at them, I don't know if you, uh, if you can remember some of them, but like, Williams Midway was really controversial. Amazing because pinball machines. They made great pinball machines, but they made pretty bad arcade games, right? Namco and Sega ruled the arcades, uh, you know. Williams was not up there, and Cruisin' 64 was obviously one of the products from this Dream Team. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the other companies, some of them never produced titles for the N64. Like, for example, you had Sierra Online, right? People made King's Quest, once a great company, didn't make a single game. You had Later, you had Virgin, never made a game. But of course, uh, the big one was uh, Robotech, Crystal Dreams from Game Tech, which everybody, you know, I, I still meet people who say, I bought an N64 for that game. And it never came out, and we had a we had an early version of the game, and it was just you could tell they were really struggling with the hardware and just couldn't make it happen. Is that what the cover story "A Farewell to Robotech" is about in this? That is it misspelled. <laughs> no, it was a weekend. And then DMA Design, of course, delivered. If you ever played Body Harvest or Space Station Silicon Valley, that was a great. This game. team was yeah. once called DMA Design. They made Lemmings, and what do they make now? Grand, Grand Theft Auto, Auto right? Yeah. Like so, that was a good get. They just made the wrong games. So, there was a a happy version to this tale, though. Specifically, three games that changed the industry in a way that no one expected them to. And the first one of the big three was GoldenEye, 007. The movie tie-in came out a year or so after the film, but the game that ushered in FPS multiplayer on console, which was the dream. Every other game was trying. He's got a weird mouth, right? Once you look at the mouth, you cannot unsee it now. It's true, yeah. It looks yeah. like his mouth is stretched past his gun. Yeah. See, there it is. Now you see it. Yeah. Have you guys heard the conspiracy theory that that's just Donkey Kong? Oh. Oh, I like that. That's we ruined it. Oh, do you guys have fond memories of GoldenEye, right? Oh, I mean, God. everybody played it. Do you guys have fond memories of GoldenEye? Yes, yes, yeah? Late right. night. Cool. But, like, FPSs on consoles were not a thing. You had, like, what is it, like, Kiliak the Blood and all that stuff, like, early PlayStation attempts that just didn't connect, and it took the four-player split screen, and then, of course, all the creative ways of how you made your friend not look at your screen with a little cardboard setups. Oh, we actually did promises. that. In, we did that in my did, dorm room. Did the card, oh, cardboard used to thing? Do, yeah, no, I almost failed so out of college because of this guy. According to this <laughs> like, pair, you need a... A, uh, video wall processor to split your screen into distinct windows. And so there's a question that they wrote yeah. that they answered. We're going to put that on the side. Did you guys right. ever really get a device to split your. No, I think we made that up. No, actually. was that a real that product? Can you imagine? Yeah. No, we, we actually we got cardboard and yeah. taped it to the TV. And uh, two people sat on chairs on the top of like a, a dorm room bed. And they looked at the top of the cardboard with a thing down the middle. And two <laughs> people sat so underneath good. the blanket. And if anybody ever came by, it was like, oh. That's why you're all single. <laughs> oh, it was like you wow. made your own virtual boys. Yeah, we made our own yeah. virtual boys because people were screaming. Like, Can I ask a question? How big was the TV? 
Oh, incredibly small. It was yeah. like you know, okay. that's what the I one we have an editorial. Yeah, it was, CRT. Probably like okay. it was very inches. deep. Yeah, it was like eighteen inches in the screen, and then then like four feet in the butt. Yep. I don't even know how that's that's safe. Okay, so <laughs> so then the next game of the big three, the one that changed my life, I feel forever, uh, was Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Yeah, um, this was the dream, right? Like Zelda, for so many people, was this amazing experience from its original inception to the last great version of it, which was. Uh, Link to the Past, mm-hmm. and even on Game Boy, it was it was amazing. It was it, Link's Awakening was really cool. It took a lot of risks, tried different things, but then Ocarina of Time absolutely blew the doors open with this game that was part adventure, part dungeon quest solving, part everything, and everything translated so beautifully to three. And the hype level was was unreal for that game before it came out. You know, because everybody <laughs> had seen this other game that we'll talk about in a second and said, "Man, what if they make an action adventure with this kind of camera system and where you kind of freely explore?" And they really really wasn't anything like that. You know, if you if you think back to those days, a lot of games were top down, nobody had solved the camera problem. This game solved the locking on, right? Like how do you select which enemy you face and fight? And, and it make just, it easy. It felt so natural yeah. and then, you know, uh, it, it before it came out, everybody was losing their minds. Everybody just wanted to get their hands and on it. And this was the only Nintendo 64 game that IGN gave a 10 to. That's right, yeah. Well, that and he wrote that review actually. Per Schneider penned yeah. that penned that uh, review. Uh, so then the last of the big three before we get on to uh, the list, as we're going to call it. Chameleon uh, Twist. Super oh, Mario man, 64. No, yeah. Super Mario 64. Yeah. Which was oh. the, one of the, if not the greatest launch game of all time. Yep. Right? I mean, is, is there anything better? Well, Super I, I, Mario Brothers is a pretty good launch game. Too. It yeah, was. Pretty good. It was. I mean, Super... Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty good, good. yeah. Uh, pretty good. Super Mario 64 is still to this day one of the best, probably one of the top three 3D platformers of all time. I will go out and say that. We... And we kind of take for granted what it did with, with the camera system. It just feels like, it seems so natural that you'd be able to hit a button and it would swing the ca- camera left and right, and nobody had done that, right? Yeah. Also, like, the only, an- they answered the question before anybody even asked the question of, who's filming this? Yeah. And it was like, oh, Lakitu. There's a dude yeah. in a cloud flying around filming your entire video game. Yeah, and there were <laughs> like games, there, there was like Jumping Flash, right? That had come out before, a really cool kind of first-person platform game, but very kind of slow and deliberate, and you could easily miss jumps, and in Mario, they just kind of thought of all that like they showed you a shadow where you would land and they kind of set up these these challenges for you to really learn the environment and it's it's pretty amazing if you go back now you you can see the the genius and all the things that they invented that we now take for granted in games like the witcher or you know skyrim yeah. and it's it's pretty amazing Still the greatest hub world ever oh yeah oh yeah it's, it was all about secrets it's like okay here's a new type of game it's 3d how do we hide stuff in it and right it's through really cool stuff like a wall you could just walk into yeah. and i love that kind of or that when you could look up at the sun and then you would you'd warp to that uh or like wall. finding out spoilers that yoshi's on the roof the entire time yeah like, what yeah <clears throat> and so swimming cool. Yeah, you know, like yeah. having a button go burp, 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 yep. like to always swim forward. So many games mirror that now, yeah. even though there's no there's no reason for you to pump a button, right? Yep. Uh, so in the year 2000, IGN published a top 25 of uh, the top 25 Nintendo 64 games. Excuse me. We're only going to focus on the first 10 because we assume you folks want to go home at some point tonight. Um, and here they are. So this is the list: uh, Zelda: Ocarina of Time at number one, Super Mario 64 at number two. Perfect Dark at three. Look at that logo. Golden Eye, uh, 007 at four. Excite Bike, 64 at five. You guys loved Excite Bike. Six oh, uh, was very excited for it. Wave Race, 64. Uh, seven was Banjo Kazooie. 
Eight, uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Nine, Rayman 2. And ten, uh, International Soccer. Which Superstar Soccer 98. Oh, okay. everyone. Nice. Was favorite really game. Good. Yeah, everyone played that, clearly. Don't, that don't knock it. That was, that was a great football game before there were great it. football games. I think but, you can knock it. But oddly enough, uh, even though this list was published in 2000, certain games hadn't come out yet. Conker's Bad Fur Day was not out yet. Majora's um, Mask. Majora's Mask was yeah. not out yet. Uh, Blast Corps uh, is missing from this list, or maybe later on, I'm not sure, F-Zero X. There's, what are some other games you guys remember, like, right? That, well, well, they were, Smash, yeah, Brothers. Smash Brothers. 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 Mario Party 3. Yeah, I was gonna say Mario Kart. Like, it's noticeably absent from this list. Yeah, I know it's like sort of divisive with people, and IGN, I don't think gave it the, the greatest score. No, we had some haters. Yeah, yeah, it's, we it's had some haters on the team that uh, didn't feel like it lived up to the Super Nintendo version. Right. Yep. Yep. One Rogue Squadron, one of the yeah. best Star Wars games yeah. ever. Right. Yeah. Uh, Paper, Paper Mario. Mario. Yeah. Remember that? Yep. So this, I mean, this list is obviously very, very Starbucks dusty. 64. Um, and we so kind of feel like we need to redo it. Yeah, so we need your help. So this is what's going to go down. Uh, we're going to switch over to a board here. Uh, we've done this before. We call this little game Pole Position. Um, it's a way to do sort of a live uh, top ten list with the audience help. So you have rules to follow, though, and i got to read them out loud just so you know what's going on. So first of all, we're going to raffle for your slot to come up here. That's not written up there. I'm just telling you that's how you get up here. And when you do, you also get to pick one of the plushies that are seated. So if it's Mario on the pipe up there, he's off, he's off duty. Um, but anyone that has a pin on them, you can grab one. Um, after you grab one, you have one of two moves you can perform on this list. The first one, you can swap posi positions of any two games on the list. The second, uh, if you choose not to do the first one, is you can insert a game that isn't on the list at any number position and bump the game at the bottom of the list off. Mm -hmm. Quick catch. If a game has been bumped from the list, it can only be brought back once. And finally... Uh, a player move can be vetoed. So we understand some people make controversial decisions in life. That's 100% understandable. It's, we all live on the internet. But if the four of us agree and feel that your uh, move is a troll move or is uh, a little bit too extreme, we can veto it as long as all four of us agree. To in other words, I'll back up the trolls if they're funny. Yeah, well, I, I, I second that. If, if it's <laughs> if it's Super Mario, let's let's say Superman 64, yeah, no. going to number one on the no. list. We may veto it, except yeah. for Sam. So please don't troll I like us. that green fog. So but you will still get a prize. You'll just have yeah, you're trolled just, us. You're just not getting a, a statue, sadly, but you do get to participate. You're going to get a mic, uh, which hopefully we have ready. Just going to say that out loud real quick. And the first person to do, first person we're going to ask is basically a raffle winner. So, uh, Brian, why don't you reach into All right. your magic bucket over there and uh, let us know. Who is it? Four, five, zero, three, five, six. Okay, so four, five, zero, three, five, six. Four five zero three five. You got somebody? Raise your hand real quick. Great. Okay, so stay there because I do want to let, since uh, Willie won the statue raffle, I'm going to let him start. You are our next participant, okay? Because I did want to let him do that. So why don't you come up here? Where's our mic? mic? Where's our mic? You guys know where right our here, mic's at? Yeah. Oh, oh right here. that's a mic. Cool. Great. All right. So it's a mic. It's a mic. Speaking of that, right. test, 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 test. Can you All right. Very good. Yeah. All right. You guys can hear Willie? You're a natural. We good? Yeah. All right. We good? We're good. So yeah, we're good. You see the list. You get to either recommend or swap places. What do you want to do? Wow, this is hard. Okay. Um, so number ten, I think has to go. Is that? Um, and I would like to add Rogue Squadron to that list. That's a good Rogue song. Squadron right. to the list. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm not. I'm a huge 10. Star Wars guy. I'm not vetoing that. That's a great game. Where do you want it? 
Um, and I'll, I'll probably put it number 10 as well. Okay, yeah. number 10. Yeah. Okay, number 10. Can we include 10? it without the escort missions? With the escort missions? Yeah, but you know, no <laughs> game was perfect, right? Yep. So defend, defend your reason. Why does it deserve to be so, on this list? I mean, Star Fox was great. Yeah. I mean, this is one, to me, one of the first great Star Wars games out there, especially when it comes to dogfighting. Totally. Yeah, we really haven't had a game like that since, which makes me very sad, but, um, you know, I just feel like the, the option, the replayability, being able to, just, you know, just take on missions with, you know, just living your dreams as, you know, playing as these different ships and kind of just experiencing the Star Wars Star Wars world in such a way that I don't think we ever have before. No, yeah, I'm, and no, Shadows of the Empire got it wrong. I mean, they got the first level right, yeah. right, right, yes. right, and that was it, whereas this well, game did it right from start to finish, absolutely. I felt. So the thing about Shadows hard of the Empire, mission. which I think someone will probably bring up at some point tonight, so let's mm-hmm. get out of the room right now. Uh... I love that game for a lot of reasons, but I also hate it for a lot of reasons, because I think it's kind of two games in one. It's got some really good flight combat stuff, and then the platforming and shooting stuff is a little more rickety, but um, I'm a big Star Wars Battlefront guy, and uh, I think there's a lot of things that the game you suggested just now still did right more than Stop a game that saying. came out last year. What? 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 But I'm here to talk about the only game that truly deserves to be on this list, which is quite obviously uh, Banjo Kazooie. Oh, come on! It is the greatest Mario game ever made. And I don't, if any of you are making noises right now, you're actually incorrect. <laughs> you're an idiot! Honestly, <laughs> when the summer Banjo came out, it, 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 to me, presented one of the best worlds, set of characters, and whimsical tones that I had ever played in a game. Uh, until that point. That to me is peak rare. That is rare. That's a developer that you know made some names throughout the eighties and early nineties on the SNES, but I really feel like they hit their stride um, on the N64, especially with Banjo Kazooie. Uh, the world design, the level design in that game is unparalleled in a 3D uh, character platformer. You know, everything from Mumbo's Mountain to Treasure Trove Cove to Cliff Clap Woods, uh, it has this, such an amazing sense of adventure and color. Uh, such a great cast of characters, and uh, it has some of the best uh, voice acting and lines of all time, such as other sort of friends. It absolutely holds up too. It holds up when it was released uh, on XBLA on the 360, and just playing through it uh, last year, whenever we played, it's honestly it, it is the game that defines 3D character platformers for me, and it's the game that that that's the reason I'm so excited that we have this renaissance with stuff like. Lately, um, and, and Hat in Time and Psychonauts 2, and I'm thinking of those games. Cut his mic. Without Benjamin Kazooie. Everything from, from uh, Grant Kirkhope's score that, that adapts as you uh, get closer and closer to that the was levels, cool. uh, to the just variety of moves that you slowly learn throughout the game and master it and use for uh, you know, bigger and better puzzles. Now, I will say, the game is perfect 99% through. Uh, the uh, uh, little Quiz show gets played tonight, we can go straight to hell. It's an absolutely miraculous game. We played through it uh, again uh, on Christmas Day this year. It absolutely holds up. Uh, it should be on this list. It needs to be on this list. And you, find Spurs and Madeline Scott should have number one. No, one, not one. Wow. I'm already sleeping. Andrew's is perfect. Go. <laughs> 
So we need to put it at one? Yeah. Wow. So we're okay. going to swap Banjo-Kazooie. That's Marty's uh, move. He could not be here today. Uh, so we're going to do that really quick. Did the, the gentleman who just won the raffle a second ago, can you come on up here? Or Kirsten's going to find you. She has the mic. Banjo at number yeah, one. That's kind of crazy. Here. Just come yeah, on ban- up. Uh, Banjo at number one is crazy. Number I love... Oh, he's going to well, change that. We're he's going to swap. Live. Yeah, it'll swap. Yeah, I think that's crazy. I, you know, that's saying it's better than Ocarina of Time. Yeah, or Mario 64, which is a superior 3D platform. Okay, but let's not all be haters. I mean, that game was really smart. No, come right? on. No, I let's mean, be haters. Huh? Yeah, let's now we'll totally sure? be a hater on that. <laughs> no, Sam. it's a good, it's a, it's a I great I could game. live with this list if Ocarina was swapped with it. Okay, really? Well, yeah. Okay. The well. number two best N64 game, Banjo-Kazooie. Maybe. <laughs> all right, yeah, it's gonna be a long night. All right, so we've got our uh, prize winner from earlier uh, who won the raffle. Hi, uh, say your name, please, and uh, let us know what you want to do, swap or bump. Um, my name is Abel, and I want to bump off Excitebike and put Glover on there. Okay. Wow. So Did you, you say Glover? Put yeah, Glover. Glover. Excitebike, uh, above Excitebike, he's going to put in Glover. i got to look that one is up. Is he swapping yeah. or, or just adding? Adding. Adding. All right. Based on the famous actor Danny Glover, he got his own 3D platformer back in the day. Okay, so defend your choice, sir. Defend your choice. Why is this a thing? Um, I just think with uh, the way Super Mario 64 set the rules with how to play with 3D space, Glover sort of took that in a crazier direction, just like with the way the actual character was. And there were certain levels he had to navigate with the ball, and he attached himself to the ball and literally like became the analog stick with the way you uh, controlled the glove and... I don't know, I just had a lot of really gay, uh, great memories with that game and never played Excite Bike, so. So actually, Ooh. I totally respect, respect the hell out of that because there's like, I feel like this is a, this is a safe list we have right now, right? And it's, it's obviously a list that's been kicking around IGN for a long time. And you brought in a game that's kind of like a sleeper hit that not a lot of people know about. And I think these, these games for posterity's sakes, or these lists especially, shouldn't just be like, here's the ten things that you have to actually absolutely play, easily accessible, you can find them anywhere. Like, you gotta dig a little bit, you wanna do some research. And I think what you suggested is a great recommendation because it's something that, uh, most people wouldn't be looking for. Your Marios and your Zeldas, even your Banjo-Kazooies, your Golden Eyes, those are things that people have been kicking around for decades now. But Glover? Nobody talks about Glover. So I'm they, totally they down should. with Glover. And Danny Glover, the actor. And House Glover. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that game was actually really good. I yeah. mean, I, I remember it was, it, it really played with the concept of the glove on, like, balancing on a ball, too. Like, the way the physics felt was really cool. All right. Sam, anything to add? I'm trying to find the review. Okay, I found it. Do you know who reviewed it? Uh, Peter Schneider. Yeah, it's by Matt? blank, so I think it's... No, a it wasn't character. me. No? No, it must have been later. We gave it an 8.3. Great. Okay. Yeah. All right. There yeah. you have it. Great on the IGN yeah. scale. All right. All right. So our next uh, participant is actually a member of this panel. It's going to be Sam, and then we're going to draw another raffle. So, Sam... Uh, you're our next contestant. So what are you going to do? Are you going to introduce gonna, a game, or are you going to uh, swap a game? Uh, my plan was to definitely add Majora's Mask. Okay, you're going to add Majora's Mask. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good choice. How yeah. many of you like Majora's Mask? Are you guys with yeah. us, right? You like Majora's Mask. Who? What, uh, where? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I guess... I guess with this list right now, I, I would put it above, uh, or below, sorry, like in the sixth place above GoldenEye. Although I don't think I'd keep Perfect Dark up there, but I can only make one change. Okay, so... I really so, like Perfect Dark, though. So one more time, you're going to... I, I would say it should be in, like, the five-ish, five-ish position. Although, 
Okay. I feel bad about putting Goldeneye down one, but just leave it there for now. Somebody no, that's good. It. All right, good. Zelda Majora's Mask is now five on the list. So Rayman 2, The Great Escape, just got kicked off the list. Yep. Oh. Is that what we're looking at? Yep. Okay. You well, didn't we'll... play that game. No, I mean, I... <laughs> wait, you didn't I know. Of course that? I played that, that game. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to see if, like, I'm okay with the way all this sits right now. So interesting thing about Majora's Mask, mm. uh, I didn't really fall in love with that game at first. I think a lot of people didn't. I, I yeah. didn't fall in love with that game until the 3DS. It was dark. It was dark and it made you feel bad. No, I love all that kind of stuff. I just feel like the time <laughs> system was really stupid. I forgot it about was stressful. Thing. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, very it was, stressful. And it's also yeah. like I like to take my time in a in an open world game or in a dungeon and to constantly have that impending doom feeling, which I know is a great gameplay element that worked worked right into the narrative. Uh, kind of stressed me the hell out and yeah. I would have rather just had something I could play at my own pace well, and it didn't help that the way the game was designed it didn't go out of its way to show you there's a song to slow things down right yeah um, and I that think that helped. that was the thing that kind of caught people off guard it was like if you didn't really catch that or if your friends didn't tell you about it you just felt like I'm running out of time I'm running out of time what am I going to do I'm running out of time um, but that game's brilliant just because it is the perfect uh, version of, I think, a Zelda town, uh, or the way a town has been implemented in a Zelda game. It I mean, it's a smart right? town in any game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, obviously, we've seen other games since then that have, you know, these routines and characters walk around in, but in this one, it was very much an early, you know, 2001 title where you were kind of keeping track on what people were doing, mm-hmm. finding certain times to meet them, completing tasks. They give you a mask, where some of the masks had different abilities and they were cool. Um, and I think all of that, and also, I mean, it was creepy though, right? Like seeing uh, Link transform into these different forms. We hadn't seen that in a Zelda before. Yeah, I, th- that was the one part where I felt like, okay, Banjo-Kazooie had done it better. And I felt like it was, it was almost like was Nintendo, Nintendo doing what Rare did, who did what Nintendo did, right? right. <laughs> but then Majora's Mask had this weird sense of voyeurism where you're like, you're following people around and you're learning more and more about what they do. And then it turns out like what they're doing in the game is really interesting or really tragic or really weird and like the, you know I, I just like I remember when you finally like it was so hard to get to the damn farm right like and when you finally figured out how to get to the farm before something happens there yep. and then you're lurking and it turns dark and you're like oh my god it's right? aliens it's yeah, crazy like, right like it well it was like, such a cool moment it was like when people ask you like what would you do if there was only like one day left in the universe yeah. like, uh, you actually find out what a lot of people will do in a situation like that. Yeah. And then shoot arrows. Yeah, and in that game, it's like a lot of very weird answers. So yeah. I think it's the second hardest Zelda game, too, after Zelda 2. Zelda 2 is the hardest yeah. Zelda game. Yeah, yeah. 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 And Zelda 1 is pretty point. hard, but, uh, but I think this game, I, I died a lot. I couldn't yep. figure out stuff, and it was just, it, 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 it spent so much time on it because of that that mm-hmm. I feel like I, I owe it a high place on this list. So if you're sitting I in the audience. In it. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, I just meant to say, if you're sitting in the audience and you have not played this game, the 3DS remake is really smart. It fixes a lot of issues. Uh, the Bomber's Notebook is very useful. Like, I can't help but recommend it to yeah, any and everyone. Yeah, just clamshelling that game in the middle of whatever you're doing is yeah. so Yeah, nice. I think that's why I fell in love with it, because I was like, oh, I can just walk away right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and that, that game went through a lot of changes, uh, believe it or not, but... Um, Next contestant is a raffle winner, so let's go to the bucket. See right. what we got. Uh, did we give away prizes for these two yet? Um, actually, we have to make sure he gets his plushie, so we'll do it afterwards. Okay. Yeah, Are we picking them up. for them? Uh, no, we'll just have them come up after. Oh, it's going to yeah. be a free-for-all. Uh, well, so we're going to be fighting for, for Lemmy. Maybe. For them? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't right. want everyone to just come up and grab something. We'll make that happen. All right. All right. Ryan, get the thing. Uh, next up, we have 450-397. 450 397. Check your ticket. Check your ticket. 450. 
397. You're here. You must be here. We have a ticket for you. It's going away. Hey, you. there we Come go. Up. There you go. All right. Where's the mic? Anybody? Somebody? Second row. Oh, cool. Oh, hang on to that because we're gonna we're gonna match tickets with you later. We're gonna get you a mic in a Kirsten, second. Where's also, we're mic? totally on an honor system here. I, I just assume that's <laughs> what your ticket says. Hey, hi. Oh, Kirsten's got the mic. She's just gonna bring it up right here, and you guys are all good. I hope you have a good answer ready. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Kirsten. All right, Thank cool. You. What's your name? My name's Brian. All right, hi, Brian. Ooh. Nice and loud into What's the up? mic, just because this is gonna go live on the site and all over the place. So tell us, what do you want to do? Do you want to swap a game or do you want to add a game to this list? A little, a little closer to Mike. Sorry, yeah, I'm gonna do something a little bit simpler. I just want to swap a game. Okay, I'm swap a game. All right, all right. I'm bring Ocarina of Time back to number one. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, all right, someone did it. Thank you. So here's the thing. Bold choice. Also, I don't think a lot of people are gonna dispute that one because that's a. I really think when you look at the N64, and I was talking about this with Jose before when we were talking about the show. Uh, it really comes down to two games that could ostensibly be the number one choice, and to me, it's either Super Mario 64 or Ocarina of Time. Yeah. I don't think anyone would walk out of this room really upset about either of those choices taking the number one spot. So, good move, bold move, safe move, but I'm glad you made it. Cool. All right. Thanks a lot. Sweet. All right. Next contestant is going to be a staff member. It's going to be Pear. Oh. So, Pear, uh, we love Pear Steiner, right? We do. We Thank do. you. Thank GM. you. GM Thank Money. Bask in the GMness. That's hype. <laughs> so, uh, what uh, what are you going to do? So, I, you know, I, I like the list. I, I got to be honest. I I don't love Glover up there. I think it's a good game, but I don't think it's a top ten game. When I think about everything that's not on there, including some favorite games that not everybody loves of mine, like Blast Core. Not going to put that on though. Um, and I think Tony Hawk was a really good game, but it doesn't define the N64 for me. So I think it's going to be on its way out. And so right after GoldenEye, I would like to insert Mario Kart 64. Oh, because ooh. I have so many fond memories Thank you. of playing that game with my friends. Now, we played it mostly three-player. Four-player was kind of messy, right? It was, it was a little choppy. But I feel like back then we got used to even the worst frame rates, yep. and we found oh, yeah. the fun in the game. And this game, in the two-player championship mode is excellent. The three-player is great. And like like, that battle mode, battle I mode. want it back. Where is it? Right? That battle mode has never truly been replicated no. that well. Yeah. Um, especially not Don't in the Don't you guys think it was Mario like a, a thing of the times, though? Like, maybe battle mode wouldn't be fun if it... No. You don't it's think still no. great. I mean, they didn't even bother trying in Mario Kart 8, so yeah. who knows, right? I, I, mean, I don't know. We, it was another one. It was in Double Dash, right? Yeah, but yeah, Double Dash was same. different. Uh, Double Dash like, is really good. I didn't like the map design in Double Dash. Uh, <laughs> no, I like Double Dash a lot, but you better. I, I don't think the, the battle mode map design was good in Double Dash. So I, that's what the problem is, is that when they bring it back, the maps aren't good enough? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I think you're over it. You just don't know it. No way. Block Fort is awesome. Uh, the city skyscraper thing yeah. is awesome. The giant donut with full of lava is awesome. I didn't like that one. What? I didn't like the donut. Oh, it was great. And but I liked all the more complex also. things because you could, you know, for the first time you could escape by going high, right? Like yeah. in Super, in the Super NES version, you had to figure out how to get behind corners so you wouldn't get hit. In this one, you could go from above and you could lurk for someone. It was just, there was so much to do in that game. Loved it. All right. Okay. And the music was amazing too. All right. Next contestant is a raffle winner. So brace yourselves, get your tickets out. Here we go. I hope it's my Mario Party plant. Four five zero, three nine zero, four five zero three. Yeah. Oh wow. Second row. Yeah, right next All to the right. last winner. This is a very guys... lucky row. Nice. I'll be seeing Here's you the in mic a few minutes. Right here. Mic's right here. <laughs> Just make sure it's on. If you check, uh, 
right. One uh, more. You've got to flip on. up the button. Yeah. There you Sweet. go. Sweet. Now test it just to be sure. Perfect. Keep going. Keep going. Keep trying. <laughs> test. Go. There there we go. are. What's nice up, man? Nice and loud into the mic. What's your name? Max. Nice to meet you, Max. What's up, Max? Hey, so, Max. you've been here uh, joining us for this. What, what do you want to do? I will put in Super Smash Bros. at number eight. Oh. Okay. See, Super Bros. So, How is that not on our list? Wave Race. Because it hadn't come out yet. Yeah. Wait, Smash Brothers was not a. The, mm, no, this is, this is good. This is getting interesting. Okay. Okay. Oh, so tell us about race. Why? Why Smash Brothers? Well, I man, I think Smash Bros can just appeal to a lot of people because there's a hardcore following for Smash Brothers, and there's more casual following. And you have the different, all the different customization with items and all the different ways that you can tweak and play the game. And there's mm-hmm. a whole arcade mode. Yep. And um, I just think it's a really defining game when I think N64, I think of all the time that I've spent with my friends just playing Super Smash Bros. Yep. And all the experiences with that. Another great four-player multiplayer game, right? It, like, it was something that, like, I, it, it just felt like black magic at the time. And one that did not come to the U.S. easily, because right. I remember we had, we were playing the import, and we were very excited about it, and we kept on talking to Nintendo of America reps to, about it, and they, they were really nervous about releasing a Whoa. game where you, where these mascots are beating each other up. And, yeah. like, if you've played the Japanese version, the sound effects are very different. They sound like Street Fighter. It sounds like punching and hitting, and the U.S. version has bowling noises, like, very different Oh, they, that would they, happen. Yeah, they okay. changed a lot. They also took out the hum from the lightsaber because, you know, Lucas was watching. Right. Like the <laughs> Japanese, all the yeah. blood to sweat. The, there was no blood in it. No, but the Japanese version sounded, it was a little more visceral than the yeah. American one, if that's the right word for mm-hmm. it, for like Pikachu hitting Link. But, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they, they were very worried about bringing that game to the U.S., and then, it, of course, it was this tremendous success. Well, it's interesting, like, to see, um, I don't know, by that point, Nintendo had enough IP that people recognize, but the idea of putting them all in one yeah. game, right? Like, you know, Samus next to Mario, next to Link, next to, like, it, it was just, it was this all-star roster that, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of the frame rate, but how simplified the controls were, you couldn't yep. help but pick it up and feel somewhat competent. It, it was a very Sega thing to do, right? Sega had played around with mixing their franchises with really strange games. When they had uh, Fighters Mega Mix and all that kind of yeah. stuff where you fight a car, like the Daytona car is one of the fighters <laughs> with like the, fighting you with the tires and stuff. But like it, it, it didn't feel like a Nintendo thing to do. And now, of course, you just look back and you're like, it's such a no-brainer to do. Well, the the only well, appearance of Samus on the Nintendo 64. Yeah, that's so true. Oh. That's true. Talk about that. Wait, wait, wait. Talk about that. What happened generation. there? What well, do you remember from that, if you remember anything at from all? From that era, well, the, the tragic accident happened, right? Like Gunpei Yokoi was killed in a car accident. And I feel like because he was so synonymous with that franchise in Internally at Nintendo as the champion, you know, it wasn't a Miyamoto game. Um, I think people just didn't want to touch it. And, and then I think there was the worry about, you know, don't underestimate how hard it was to do Mario and Zelda in the third dimension. And now you have a shooting element in it, right? I think they were very worried about pulling off Metroid in 3D with a third-person perspective, and I think they just, it was too daunting. Yeah, and then, it never sold that well here, right? Like, Super Metroid was not the hit here that it was in Well, even though GoldenEye was a big hit, Nintendo was very nervous about a game where you're shooting people. Yeah. I mean, just recently, there was an interview with someone who worked on that game, or during a presentation, he talked about how Nintendo asked him to just put in this sort of happy ending to how GoldenEye works. I would only imagine, too, that maybe they were worried about just first-person violence in general. Nintendo tended to worry about things like that. Mm. They still do with some of the things that they do. Yeah, and 
and I think they were they were they were happy that some of the third parties came in, right? Doom sixty four, another game that was actually really good. Um, you know, there was Two Rock, of course, from Iguana. There was Quake, a version of Quake running on the N64. And I think they were happy that the third parties were filling that void so they didn't have to. An amazing Resident Evil occurred in Nintendo 64 at the time. That was actually one of the Dream Team developers ported that, right? Yeah. Yep. No, totally. But yeah, Smash Brothers is special. I'm yep. so glad it's on this list. Uh, it brought only not only the characters together, but also their worlds, yeah. their weapons, their the scenarios, music. their music, it's like the ultimate soundtrack. Oh the fact gosh, that you could go yeah. from like Hyrule Castle to the ship from Star Fox and fight each other on it was something very special and and very unique. And yeah, I think that mascot fighting game has been. Uh, They've tried to replicate it so many times. So many other companies have tried it. PlayStation All-Stars, you look at Ubisoft, like, Ubisoft, Ninja Turtles. It just doesn't come together the way Nintendo makes it come together. Yep. Uh, and even up to the newest Smash Brothers that we've got recently, which brought together even uh, more third parties than ever, just mm-hmm. this big celebration, this huge toy box of franchises. Uh, there's really nothing like it in, in games, and yeah. I think it absolutely deserves a place in this list. Yeah, and they've good. only gotten better at making it. Like it's, I, it's incredible what Sakurai has done with that game. I'm bummed yeah. about the Wave Race drop, though. Wave Race 64 we'll is so good. You can ride so a dolphin good. in that game. Huh? You can ride a dolphin. That was not what was so good about it. No, the way, they, it had a level where the water level changed and you had to adapt to the course change. Yeah, like, okay. nobody had done that. Okay. That's true. Wasn't that, was that like per lap, the, the water level raise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, was, yeah. that was really awesome to watch. Good Love stuff. that game. Good stuff. All right, next contestant is Brian Altano. Oh, hi, Ooh. what's up? Uh, so we talked, we talked earlier, we talked earlier about how, uh, I personally feel how, uh, the N64 list, no matter who writes it or how you do it, has two games that are number one interchangeable at the top. Ocarina of Time or Super Mario 64. Guess what I'm doing? Super Mario 64 is now the number one game of all time according to this list <laughs> that we wrote today. So move Mario 64 up to the top. Can I get some applause for that one? Yeah. All right. There we go. I can, I can live with that. You can't be mad at it. It's not like I put, like, Tony Hawk up there. That would have been a problem. Mario 64, up at the top. Do I need to explain why? I feel like A little, a little. I mean, I think you should. I, I, you don't, we've said enough, but at the same time, I want to hear more. So I feel like it's very rare that, uh, first of all, in terms of launch games, this is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, launch game of all time. Uh, I think definitely oh. from Nintendo, as we said earlier. It's also very rare that a company just gets it so right out the gate. It's just so perfect. It's such a perfect game that um, it scales well to whoever's playing it. If someone's playing it for the first time and they just want a sandbox game, it works. If somebody's playing it and they have a sort of modest level, novice level of expertise, they can go in, get enough stars to finish the game. If you're crazy and you're an expert and you're a completionist, you're playing Super Mario 64 for dozens of hours. It scales to who you are, it scales to the technology, and it works perfectly with that controller, which is the entire crux of this console. So... Super Mario 64 is the number one N64 game of all time, according to me, and hopefully this list, depending on what happens in the next few minutes. All right. Thank good you. choice. Good all choice. Right. Thanks a lot. Our next participant is a raffle winner. So let's uh, reach into the raffle. Get your tickets out. Don't folks. screw this up for me, raffle winner. Uh, <laughs> 450-395. 450-395. Oh, we got him. Uh-oh. Come on up. What do we got? Second row. Wow, a lot of second row winners. You guys all work together with our, our people? What happened? All right. So nice and loud into the mic. What is your name? My name is Justin. Hi, nice Justin. Nice to meet you, Justin. Hi, Justin. Coming, man. Nice to meet you guys, yeah. too. Uh, I'm going to have to move Goldeneye up to number four. Wow. Oh, okay. Call. So swapping Goldeneye to number four. All right. So tell us I'm, why. I'm totally cool with that. Why is it better than the two games that now got bumped under? Well, approximately 18 years ago, 
Uh, I still have fond memories of finding my little brother cowering in a bathroom stall and shooting him in the head. <laughs> in the game, right? In the game, of course. And I, I just can't imagine uh, there's other games being ahead of that. No, we're, we're, so you're a, you're a facility player. Facility exactly. is the best map in that game. Yeah. Exactly. Did you play with Proximity Mines? No. What'd you play with? What was your loadout? The AK-47. Ah. Do you play as Odd Job? No. Always Bond. Oh, good. Always Bond. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so definitive. Yeah, no. You picked a great game. Uh, I to- I'm totally with you. It deserves to rise up the list. Uh, number four is probably the perfect spot for that game. Uh, like a weird thing that we're not really bringing into account too much is how well a game um, holds up in 2016. Uh, I don't know how much that plays into it. Well, Perfect Gold- Dark would not be where it is. I'm with you. Was- I, th- I actually think that GoldenEye has aged far better than Perfect yeah. Dark, uh, as evidenced by the Xbox Live Arcade point- port of uh, Perfect Dark. But the first okay. three games on this list have aged really well. Yeah, yeah. I totally, I'm totally with that. All right. I uh, just want to see where we're at. Okay. So Marty's really happy about this list, by the way. Banjo Kazooie is the number three in. Oh wow! Yeah, he's happy with that. But I'm even happier because Mario 64 is beating it. Okay. So uh, initially, I was going to be the last contestant uh, for this, but Uh uh, I want to ask someone in the room. So wait, is Jared still here? Jared Petty still here? Did he 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 vanish? We got Brendan. Okay. So then I'm going to give up my spot uh, to Brendan what Graber. What a chicken. So, Brendan Graber, come chicken. on up here. Uh, Brendan works yeah. on our Wikis team. Uh, please, give him a better applause right, than that. Brendan. Come on, you got to. You, you do about Mario Party. So, I love Brendan, and Brendan does a lot of great work. So, he's going to be the Jared understudy, because I initially was going to surprise Jared. Brendan, what do you think? All right. At number... Seven. Yes. <laughs> Mario Party 2. All right. Mario Party yeah. 2. Yeah. All right. Right. Uh, defend why, Brendan Graver. In my experience, great. Mario Party 2 has to be the definitive party game that I've ever played. Still to this day, uh, me and my, my, my wife and my wife's brother and sister like, will keep playing that game on our Wii U port. And it's still the best... like. I will hate my friend simulator <laughs> to this day. You guys still play it to this day? Yes, to That's this day. awesome. We always usually play uh, the, the monster, the, the mansion, haunted mansion level, and the western level with Nannies. Yep. There's no greater way to ruin someone's day like, oh, you buy the star? Nanny time, get back over here. And like it, it built off everything that Mario Party 1 did without the uh, killing your wrists. Yep, you didn't have they, to mail it in and get a glove in return. There's so much better controls, the and they kept all the good mini games when brought in a bunch of new ones like i played the the ones that came after and i can never find that great experience of mini games that mario party 2 had i think they probably had the best lineup or especially that balance of like like really cool board game design to mini games to um fairness i think is a good word because i think like the mario party franchise has this way of being like all right so you landed you got Mm. you beat the most mini games you screwed everybody over total reversal you're totally awesome but somebody else walked by five clouds and they're like he wins and you're like yeah it's like tuesday bonus yeah 100 stars it feels like being a casino Mario Party 1 was mean. When you yes. lost, it was like, you lose, fail. <laughs> One of my friends cried. Like, oh, no. It was, like, it was so year. mean to him. That's yeah, really good. Pick. All right. All right, well, here's 20 bucks, it. Brendan. Thank you. Yeah. I just we had to get it. rid of that meddling Jared. All right. 
so we so we did it. Uh, we made a list together. What do you guys think of the list so far? I mean, we, I like we it. But did we get it right? I like it, yeah. but I feel like you should go too because I think that's a chicken move to not yeah. to not be one of the people on the, at the podium to, well, if to I make gotta, a pick. Well, if I have to go, I think we should have them one more raffle winner. Okay, let's All do right. that. All right, fine. Steven. Fair All enough. Right. So draw in the bucket one more time. I, I mean, I like the list. I think it's pretty good, Wave Race 64. I, th- I think it is, too. It needs Glover's a little work. making you Last squirm. Four. I can see it. Yeah. Are you guys ready? All right. Four, five, zero, three, seven, two. This guy's going to ruin it all. Four, five, zero, three, seven, two. Four five zero back row. Oh, hey, oh. hello, welcome to the stage. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, that thing. Hi. Oh, hold hey, on to that. Don't lose your ticket because yeah. we're gonna uh, basically meet up with you after to give you one of those. So, uh, what's your name? Uh, Paul. Nice to meet you, Paul. What's Thank up? you for coming. You guys are gonna hate me. Uh-oh. No. Uh oh. All of Don't us. Don't do it. Actually, that was it for All today. All of us are guys. Guys. <laughs> And we're <Yep>. done. <laughs> Thanks Not for coming welcome. today, everybody. All right, Paul. Uh, WWF. No mercy. Wow. Oh, good choice. Good choice. But where? Where are you going to put it? <laughs> Number five. Whoa. Number five. Okay. Let's see this. Number five. Are we losing Glover? Glover's out. No. Oh, okay. Smash Brothers is hanging on. By, by what is it? Red. He did such a slow, dramatic drag into the discarded ah. folder. That, that, was, like, that was it. All right, defend this. Why? Why? I mean, I, I think I know why, but I want to hear why from you. You have the co-op uh, or four players. You also have the customization, um, weapons everywhere, yeah. um, the rumble, a steel cage match. I mean, everything. Who yeah. made this game? This wasn't the Acclaim one, right? No. no it wasn't the, yeah, yeah. That, great. That, it was THQ. And the Acclaim games, in fact, looked like last year's news yeah. Compared yeah, to the yeah. WWF games like No Mercy and uh, WrestleMania 2000, was it? Was the other one? That was one before. Yeah, the one before yeah. it. Uh, they were both fantastic games. Really good, again, four-player games. And, uh, yeah, I, I felt like the PlayStation could not keep up, honestly, on that front. So I think the uh, this is kind of understated. I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you on this. A lot of people don't really talk about this. But the wrestling games on N64 did for wrestling games what Ocarina of Time did for the Zelda games. Uh, I feel like that jump from 2D to 3D was so huge, and there were so many potentials to get that wrong. If you look at old-school wrestling games that we grew up with, like... They're not great. Pro wrestling on the NES? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wrestling for NES, uh, there was like the WWE games like Royal Rumble and Raw that came to Super Nintendo and Genesis yeah. and or stuff. WrestleMania. Like, oh, oh my. Star Man in? Oh, uh, what was that called? Was oh, it I just remember called that. Wrestling? Oh, I don't remember. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, Star Man, and there was that, um, that, uh, like, um, what was it, like a monster? Yeah. He, bit he was head. a sea monster. Yeah. Yeah, it made no sense. They had just regular dudes <laughs> and then just a sea monster. I was like, all right, you're just gonna let a sea monster in the ring? That's cool. There should be health violations against this. But uh, no, I'm totally with you. Uh, that's a really good pick. Um, and it's cool to see, uh, I guess, can we call it a sports game? It's kind of a sports game on this yeah. list. Oh, right? yeah. Sports entertainment. But yeah. we got Sports it. entertainment. All right. There you go. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah. No, yeah, good, good pick. I remember Nitro, all those games as well that we yeah. played back then. Yeah, I those thought that fun. was a really good pick as well. All right, so I'm going to take a quick glance behind me, and it's really hard to do because the list is only behind us. I can't see it on my computer. I should have probably set something up so I could, but I'm just going to, Winston, it's okay. I promise. So I'm just going to turn. Hopefully I didn't break it. Uh, so our list right now, number one, Super Mario 64. Number two, Zelda Ocarina of Time. Number three, Banjo-Kazooie. Number four, GoldenEye 007. Number five is WWF No Mercy. Number six is Perfect Dark. Number seven is Zelda Majora's Mask. I love that game. Uh, number eight is Mario Party 2. 
followed by number nine, Mario Kart 64, followed by Smash Brothers at number 10. All right, so I don't want to influence you. Pretty good. I don't know how, we're, we're in, how far we're going to get into this. Okay. Yeah. But let's, let's have a quick, brief discussion on this list from the panel right here. I have a feeling, I'm going to tell you right now, Mario Kart 64 is too low on this list. It should be higher up on the list. Okay. Uh, I feel like Perfect Dark is too high on this list and should come lower. I feel like Mario Kart 64 and Perfect Dark should switch. Again, not to influence you. It's just what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't want to influence you either. <laughs> there are a couple of uh, franchises that are very dear to me that I feel like I'm missing. There's uh, F-Zero X, for example, oh, if you guys man. remember that one, right? Like, brutal racer, 60 frames per second, dozens of cars on the screen, amazing game. Wave Race 64, also not on the list. There, there's still a bunch of really good ones. Um, that are not on there, but again, it's your choice. Which it's one? Rocket Robot on Wheels. Yeah, that was an amazing game. Like one of the first games. Like it really, like the new Zelda actually reminds me of that because you you just have fun with physics and like you know, that was a good game too. Sam, do you not want to influence me either, but have a recommendation? <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna start adding things like Banjo Tooie and Conquer. Don't let me even talk. Conquer is not Conquer's on there either. Bad Fur Day is not yeah, on this list. On but as, like, okay. as, we, as we're all learning tonight, it's not easy making a top ten. Uh, no. It's actually incredibly fun. These are the conversations we have in this building all the yep. time. So when we read the comments on our top tens, we're like, well, yeah, they're kind of right, and some of us agree with some of them. <laughs> exactly. Because there's really, it's it's very hard to just land on a perfect ten. I feel like there's like some weird Otero game that you're thinking of, like Tetrisphere or something like that. No, That's not no, no, I know, I'm not. I know what Jose's yeah. gonna do. What, what am I gonna do? Right. You're gonna, you're gonna mess with my number one. <laughs> oh, am I? What's your number one again? Oh. <laughs> Ooh, uh, but that's so predictable, though, right? Like, yeah. would I would I put a game that changed my life as the number one game on IGN's top? What are you doing? Twenty five. Where are we going? Or with top this? ten. You're doing yeah, it, aren't you? Can we swap uh, Zelda: Ocarina of Time and Super oh, Mario? Oh come on! Yeah. What? Yeah. Please. Oh. And let me tell you why. No, <laughs> because quite frankly, all right. No, seriously, I, I'm I with you. Okay, yeah. Okay. Zelda six. I mean, Zelda sixty four was the dream, man. It's not the like, title. It really, of the game. Was, it wasn't. But it was the dream for so many people. You don't understand. This was the game that re- immediately reignited my love with Nintendo again, right? Because it was something that I felt like as I got older, and I ended up playing PlayStation games, and I ended up falling into more friends who were part of that ecosystem. Yeah. Zelda was the game that brought me back, and it was just like I had to be there for that. So there is no universe where Super Mario 64 <laughs> would lead this list if I had a chance to do it, and that's no disrespect. And no, man, I'm wearing a Zelda but, shirt right yeah, now. I you think that you that. Zero X, Wave Race 64, Rocket Robot on wheels were all cool, but... Yep. Zelda needs to go I, come first. I agree. I'm, I'm happier with the list this way, but you got to give Brian credit for like just basically talking to try and make you forget that he put Mario. Oh, is that what you're He's like, oh, I think, well, like, you know, like if you, would you like a cheeseburger instead? Like he just brought out everything for yeah, you. I really did. So you'd okay. be confused and swap the wrestling game. I know. Got we got to give it. credit to Jose for pretending like he wasn't actually going to do that all night, and then oh, yeah. we knew he was going to. So. Uh, I was nice. a little nervous. I will say that. All right. Well, look. Uh, I, first of all, I want to thank you so much for helping us make this list. It's not easy, as the way Brian said, but also, you know, th- this usually ends up in a lot of arguments, and we're w- willing to listen to your arguments uh, when we come back 
from an intermission. So we're going to take a quick 10-minute intermission, get some food, use the restroom, whatever you need to do. But we're going to come back, and when we do, it is a live question block for at least 15 to 20 minutes. You guys get to basically ask us anything about Nintendo, please. Um, and that's about it. So let's go for a 10-minute break, and we'll be right back. And remember, Marty Sleva, according to IGN, Mario 64 is better than Banjo-Kazooie. Okay, so if you listen to Nintendo Voice Chat, you know we have a segment called The Question Block, uh, which is near and dear to my heart, uh, so much that I forget to put it on several episodes, but you're getting a live <laughs> one right here. Uh, so how are we going to decide how to get people up here, though? Because we're not doing more raffle prizes. There's one more raffle at the end that Brian's going to do, I, but it's for the last statue up there. I think I feel like we need a mic assistant. A roaming mic assistant. Is there a brave enough person at IGN? Who will Winston's take on this task? Winston? Winston? I don't, we, Otherwise, uh, I'll make one of my kids do it. It's Winston. Hi, everyone right. say hi, Winston. Really loud. Hi, Winston. Hi, Winston. Hi, hi, Winston. Louder than that. Hi, Winston. Hi, Winston. <laughs> All right. Uh, raise your hand uh, if you have a question, and Winston will find you and give you the mic. Uh, introduce yourself. Say your name. Stand up just so we can see you. Uh, hey, I'm uh, Varun. Uh, All right. Nice to meet you, Varun. Listener. I uh, absolutely love the show. But my big question is. What is Retro Studios working on? I know, like Sam, I'm a big fan of Metroid Prime, and I so, so dearly want them to make another Metroid game. What are they working on? Donkey Kong. I think, look, I, I, think, I think they're definitely making another Donkey Kong game, or Donkey Kong Country, for the next console. Like, it's just, those sell well, and there are... I don't want to say they're easy to make, but it's something they have gotten in the groove. They know how to pull them off, and they, maybe the, the, the size of the team that works on yes, it is exactly. shrinking over time, too, yeah. right? They're getting more, more optimized. And then I do think... I don't think they're going back to Metroid yet. I think Nintendo is going to either find a new developer or go in-house with the next Metroid game, and I think Retro is going to have a new brand for us, a new franchise. What's I'm, both I'm, exciting I'm and sad is that that team is working on... Well, the team that made Metroid is split up to a bunch of different companies now, and there's games like ReCore, which has uh, people on it. From, and uh, Halo Metro. had and Halo, a few people on it. Yeah. So the rumor mill says that Retro is working on a new IP with a different producer. Meaning, let me, let me set that the table for folks. In the past, Donkey Kong Country, Donkey Kong Country, I mean, Donkey Kong Country Returns, Tropical Freeze, and even the Prime games were all done under the same Nintendo side producer, Kensuke Tanabe. The word on the street is, the game that Retro is working on is not involving him, but someone else. That's all we really know, sadly. Um, so that is a really well-kept secret. It's, it's most likely in the next game. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it, I would be surprised if it was not in the next game, to be honest. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that, that's it. Sometimes secrets are just kept very well. Like, what is an X? No one really knows. Every other day, a, a patent comes out, and people go crazy. It's a bottle of water. It's shaped like, like they'll just, they'll, they'll point to any quote and anything to kind of, like, put together what it is. And it's sad. Just, we, we got to wait and see, you know? Uh, I'm eagerly awaiting. Same. I, as are we. Yeah. Super but there's exciting. a Metroid game coming out in just a few weeks. Please. You just did more promo for that game than Nintendo has. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Thank thanks you. For, thanks for thanks, that. Thanks, man. All right. Winston. Winston's on the prowl. All right. Hi. Uh, Say your name. Is that a Corgi Doug, in a right? Captain America outfit? All right. Say your name anyway for the folks That's at home. That's amazing. Hi. My name is Doug. Uh, hey, Doug. How's it going? First, hey, I, I got you guys uh, succulents. Oh, what tribute! Tribute! Thank we got, you. Really? We got something. What? 
What you got? Oh my god, that's awesome! You got oh. some plants, <laughs> hens and chicks. Oh, that's this cool. one says pears Bulbasaur level fifteen. Wow! Oh, these are so oh, great. Jose's right, Doug Trio level no twenty nine. That's beautiful. That's you awesome. didn't know you were going to be here, Sam. Okay. Wait, Brian's Marlboro. You, you know I don't smoke anymore, right? <laughs> but Sam, <laughs> Sam, did you know Thanks, you can man. split these? I know you can, and you can grow new ones. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So my question is, if you weren't in games media, what what would you be doing? Oh, I know. Uh, astronaut or locomo- locomotive driver, probably. Locomotive driver? Yeah, like trains. Do you know, like, at the <laughs> San Francisco Zoo, there's a... This they, is so weird. Really? No, of course not. Harry <laughs> <laughs> Schneider, age five. I'd love to run a restaurant, but I, I hear it's really difficult. Yeah. I would, that's, a, that's a dream job. That would have been awesome. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. Peter says it's hard. This yeah. is so cool. Yeah. Thank Sam, you. What would you do? What would you do? Uh, well, people might know I'm into classic arcades and restoration. I would mm. like to uh, do, you know, restoration or curation of a museum. That's very okay. nice. I like it. I yeah. like it. Brian? Um, I would probably do podcasting of some kind. Like, yeah. I would just talk. But you already do that. Well, I mean, I AM radio. Talk about video you can't say my dream job is to do exactly what I do. What else could you <laughs> do? do my no, other no, just job. that. <laughs> Um, I guess I would, uh, I would probably focus on music, uh, work on a lot more music stuff, have more time for that. Um, cooking I'm really into. Cooking's awesome. Like, it's one of the only times you're not staring at a screen. Uh, literally, <laughs> as a human being on planet Earth in 2016, it's nice to be in your kitchen. Unless you're looking at a recipe on a the screen, then you're screwed. But yeah, I think something like that. You could be a comedian. Or, yeah, an, or an air hostess in it's, the 60s. I, like, I, people have asked me to do that, like get up in front of a brick wall and tell jokes, and I'd rather just, I like being off the cuff. I like being mm-hmm. sort of just like this. So this is more fun for me. Okay. What about you, Jose? Um, so I think uh, deep in my heart, I would still be teaching. Um, so if you don't know, I uh, used to be a math teacher uh, in the Bronx in New York City, um, and I taught math. <laughs> Ninth and tenth grade. I, caught, I probably could have taught half of this room, actually, because you guys are roughly, uh, a lot of you are the age of, uh, the, of my students today. Um, and it was just really fun. Like, there is, there's something magical about selling an idea to a group of kids, getting them to understand a concept and seeing them get it. And it's also every bit as dramatic and sad when you see them not get it. You know, and it, it's that constant struggle of trying to just show them opportunities and show them things that they can do. And, I, I, I kind of miss it, um, quite honestly, but this was something I wanted to do for me, whereas that job was very much about doing things for them. Right. Yeah. I, I think it's amazing that you and I are friends, because when I was in ninth and 10th grade, math teachers were like my worst enemies. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. I, I designed uh, my class for kids who hated math. Like The, the outlook of first day of class was, this is the math class for kids who don't like math. And I promise you, you will walk out of here enjoying this. Or so I hope. If I had gotten left yeah. back enough and moved to the Bronx, I would have been in your class. Yeah. So no, did, did you do things that were like, my math teachers were always like, they, they seem to like have come from a different century. Like they, yeah. they did not know what was popular in pop culture. Did you use like your oh, knowledge of games and stuff? Yeah, yeah. The games, uh, uh, videos, trailers, whatever I could. My homeroom was the banging his homeroom at our school <laughs> because no, just because like we had all the technology all your favorite 90s rap slang yeah yeah exactly uh no it was it was such word an was awesome yeah word was bond in that class <laughs> no i just i i remember my homeroom kids and especially when they gave me all the cool technology because i was the young cool hip math teacher so yeah. i was like hey let's give him a projector and a smart board and all this stuff we'd be playing games or talking about them and yeah i just wanted to I don't know. For me, it was always just showing them that they don't have to grow up that fast, number one. And then number two, to be realistic and find things that 
They want to do. I'm choking up a little, so we need to move on. All right, so um, next question. Raise your hand, please. Nice and high. Winston's getting around. Hello. He promises to go past the first row on the next question. Great. All right. Hey, uh, I'm your Aaron. Name? Uh, Aaron. Hey, Hi, Aaron. Aaron. What's up, man? How's it going? Uh, Jose, I have to say, I'm right there with you. I teach at the college level, too, so I have that feeling strong in my heart. Nice. Great. So, good for you. Yeah. Good, good for you. Thank you for doing that. For yeah. No, no, for sure. Uh, I feel bad now that I don't have a personal question, but this is more of don't a Don't ask personal questions. I can't do it. <laughs> all right. So we see uh, there's a lot of talk about NX coming out, and it's all just covered in miasma, mysterious, what's happening. What do you guys think is going to happen with the next generation of the handheld? So I think almost everyone in here has a 3DS. Yeah. So it has some pretty strong penetration, but I've heard nothing about what's coming next for their handheld side. And Nintendo oh. just yesterday sort of jumped into this mobile market with Pokemon Go. So what do you think all that is going to look like a year, two, three years from now? It's, go- it's going to be gone. What? I mean, it's sad to say, right? Like, I love my 3DS. Um, and uh, I have a Vita at home, I have a PSP at home, all that. I have an Engage at home. Um, which it's your phone. <laughs> which you can't play. You can't call Pair without no, calling him on his Engage. Like it's, it's, you know, the, the phones have... Gaming on a phone has become so convenient that you don't even think about bringing a device along. And, like, we got to realize, like, I think the people in this room are special. We're special, right? When we plan a trip, we say, I'm going to charge my 3DS, I'm going to bring it. But a lot of people don't want to take that <clears throat> step anymore. And so I think if the NX is a combination of a portable device and a home console device in some way, I think that's it for, for portable gaming. And Nintendo said they want to take mobile games and make those like a taste of what you can play on a handheld or a console. Right, and yeah. if they combine a handheld and a console, then they only really have to have uh, those test market games. Like for people, just a taste of Mario Brothers, yeah. and then they can have them play their console slash handheld. And See, I think they have to just combine those. I, I disagree with Pear. I think there's one more dedicated Nintendo handheld left. And then we'll yeah, see the where NX. things go from It's called there. the NX. Yeah. Well, maybe, but I think there is there's something, right? And it's, I don't know if it's the NX or it's the 4DS or whatever the, what we're calling it. But <laughs> 4DS. I don't think... <laughs> 4 screen. I don't think we're giving up just once. yet on handhelds. Uh, I'm, I'm like oddly more in love with my 3DS than I ever have been before. Like, mm-hmm. I have weird renaissances with that system where I won't touch it for a little while and then I'll come back and I'll be like, this is actually one of my favorite systems of all time. Mm-hmm. It's got... Uh, like eight or nine of my favorite Zelda games ever on it, like maybe seven or eight of my favorite Mario games ever. There's something special about all that, and the implication of actually holding a, uh, an iPhone and using it to play really anything that Nintendo's ever made doesn't usually work yet. Um, mm-hmm. So I think there's still life left in the handheld world. I, I'm not loving so, a button and stickless future for handheld gaming either. I, no. I, I think we're losing something there, for sure. I actually think there is a play for handheld gaming to play to the nostalgia factor. Right? We don't know what other technologies are slumbering out there, but we know what's in the past. If Nintendo released a Game Boy for 10 bucks, it would sell like crazy. Oh, yeah. Like, if yeah. you got this kind of nostalgia, cool device. So I'm uh, gonna actually, say, I made my phone yeah. look like a Game Boy for you 8 did. bucks. Which yeah, is no, you totally jump. <laughs> so I'm going to say the answer to your question depends on what NX is, yeah. quite honestly, right? Because if it is this fantasy of, and I say fantasy, but I mean that loosely, right? But the idea of bringing together the handheld and the home console team to make a device that somehow combines the two, I just still think that's expensive. But at the same time, Nintendo's biggest, biggest successes and the things that are keeping them afloat today are, in fact, portable games. La- what, two years ago or last year, I, I forget because we're up here on stage and my mind's a little hazy, but when Smash Brothers 3DS came out, it was proof that that game, first of all, sold out, uh, outsold the Wii U version by a magnitude that most people didn't even think right. was possible, 
right? But it was also a great example of what Nintendo can do when they try to put it on a portable system. Now, don't get me wrong. It wasn't the best experience in the world. Like, your hands would cramp up, and uh, the size of a smaller portable was difficult. But then, okay, look at other successes that are big portable games for Nintendo. Pokemon, Mm -hmm. Yo-Kai Watch, which is from an outside partner, but still an important game. Monster Hunter. That is a that is the game that had the Vita gotten that game, it probably would be doing a lot better right now. Yeah, totally. that was a snatch and grab by Nintendo and a smart one that gained a lot of foothold for them in Japan. And, and I think handhelds play into their. Um, they just talked about recently. They did an interview about their development costs, right? Or uh, talking about how much it costs to work in HD, to work on consoles. Uh, it plays into their strengths not only with the sort of general art style that Nintendo's been running with for years, which is kind of like cartoony and fun uh, and easily accessible. It's not really like completely realistic. That's not really their thing. That works perfectly on, hel- on handhelds. Uh, 2D platformers work perfectly on handhelds. Top-down games. A lot of the things that they've been awesome at for decades now yeah. sell well, play well. Plus Mario like Kart, that. plus yep. Animal Crossing, yep. plus Fire Emblem Fates. Like The list goes on and on. And I just I think it would be foolish for Nintendo to put, bet all that on the smartphone market, mm-hmm. which the device just doesn't quite fit what we expect those games to be. I agree. So it's a difficult situation to be in. So I think it really depends on what an X is, and if there is a future where there is a portable that somehow supports that, that uh, ecosystem that they're trying to create. Cool. Great question. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question. Winston is hovering. He's around. He's running he's through the back. Running, he's, he's running, running wide. And he's, he's coming wide. He's and coming he's back. going up. And he's going to find... Uh, there she is. Stand up, please. Oh, no. Can't see you. Hey, hey what's up? Hi. Hi, I'm Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for coming I'm on our show. Podcast. I'm sorry about what happened in Germany today, Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> what happened in Germany? I'm so sorry. Soccer. They lost. Oh. I, I will always have this plant. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask you guys, because it's probably one of my favorite segments you have on your podcast, uh-huh. uh, your hype about Amiibos. Uh, so I was wondering, uh, if oh, you guys boy. could design an Amiibo for yourself, what would it be? Oh, wait, like based on ourselves? No, or just like, a general character? character? Anything you can Any, make for yourself. Yeah. Thank you for that question. That's a good question. That's, That's a, a really, really good, good question. Yeah. I have to think about that. So my, Thank you so much, Sarah. My yeah. immediate answer would be, like, I feel like... The Samus Amiibo I got was not the one I wanted. Right. I feel like there's more life left in the Metroid franchise for great Amiibo, including a freaking Metroid one, right? Like a hovering one, maybe on a see-through stand. Um, and then The Legend of Zelda is just full of these great characters, right? Like a standalone Midna that's beautifully painted um, would be really cool. Or any of the uh, kind of the secondary characters from that franchise would be really cool. Like I would love the mask salesman from Majora's Mask. That'd be Ooh, that's a good ass. one. You know how they made the Mario that was in the 8-bit style? Yeah. I would love the fat Link. Like the short little fat oh, guy yeah, yeah, yeah. with the sword sticking out like, yep. like one inch. Oh, that's, that's really cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, one of the things I don't think they've done a lot with Amiibo is played with scale in terms of, like, here's a boss fight, right? Like, mm-hmm. you have a tiny Mario, a gigantic Bowser. You have a small Link, a gigantic Ganon. Um, you don't really have two characters on many Amiibo. Like, uh-huh. that doesn't happen a ton. So I think Rose something like that would, the star. Yeah, or, like, the, uh, the, the raccoon children that run that sweatshop that uh, Tom Nook owns <laughs> in Animal Crossing. You know who I'm talking about. Yep. <laughs> Timmy and Tommy, I see you out there putting in that hustle. Trying to leave in the middle <laughs> of the night. In that hustle. He won't let you leave because the store's open 24 hours. I know what's going on over there. 
It's illegal. Uh, so I think he should do, they should do something where you, you play with the scale and have a boss battle. Like something very intense. Disney Infinity did that really well where it was just like their characters were in action, right? Mm-hmm. Like you had Darth Vader, he had the handout, he was about to do something. A lot of Amiibo poses are very static. It's a guy. Especially the first run. The first yeah, run yeah. was painful. They're just static. standing and waiting yeah. for something. But they yeah. got, they got better at making them, but yeah, yeah. going Get with the Get a classic Smash boss battle. Like do punch yeah. out Amiibo and yeah. have Little Mac this Ooh. big and not Mike King Tyson. Hippo. The other guy. That big. King yeah. Hippo would be awesome. Yeah. You yeah. could have like Ridley from Metroid 2 and a tiny Samus. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, and a snow That'd globe. really cool. Snow globe. Yes. Snow globe. Yeah. Ooh. Man, I always, I always Ooh, find yeah. uh, these uh, kind of trying to come up with an answer for a question like this really tough because I know what I want, but I know that Nintendo is always thinking about how is this going to scale for a market. And the product I want wouldn't scale to a kid's market, right? It would be... Something like, have you guys seen like those good smile figures or like those just very detailed, very like well made figures from Japan? I would just love Amiibo to try an experiment in that direction, to try something of premium quality, maybe charge a little more for it, frankly. But I think that if you target the right audience and the pose looks good, uh, I'll take anything Zelda, quite frankly, even though we already have them and we're getting more. Um, like the Breath of the Wild ones look fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and if Those anything, like, that's probably the, even the Guardian is the closest thing to the boss fight you're yeah. describing in a way. Yeah, and they're breaking its, the, they're it's breaking the conventions of what Amiibos are because they're like, Posable and they're articulated. In that, in that one's know. case, absolutely. In the yeah. other two, not so much. But it's, it's still just to me, like, I would like to see something bigger. And I know it's not convenient. Wow. And I know it's not something that fits in a backpack or that a kid's going to take somewhere. But, uh, fun fact, they're not doing that right now. Yeah. And they can put it in a backpack. See, I so. thought you would go for something like Box Boy or a character mm-hmm. from Rhythm Heaven. Or something. I would love a something Box Boy. Something yeah, no. I like I, mean, I like that idea. Apparently. Those are good. Uh, Box boy, how do you do it? Like you have to print it on a, like a clear. <laughs> hey, they figured out game and watch. They can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you figure out Rubik's game and watch. cube, Rubik's cube, go. Box boy. <laughs> nice, That'd nice. All right, great question. Thanks, question. Sarah. Yeah, All right, awesome. next question. Winston's on the prowl, and he is looking, and he is going to his left. All right. How's it going, guys? It's hey, here. You hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah. a little louder. Where are you from? I'm from Belfast, North Thanks Ireland, for making so. the long trip. Yeah, it was very long to get here tonight, so thanks for having me. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've got to actually just talk about something quite, quite sort of close to my heart. Uh, going back to the top ten list, because I almost couldn't sleep if I had have ended a Mario Kart, or Mario 64 as number one. Brian, i got to say that was one of the best arguments I've ever heard for it being number one. Thank you. Um, and Jose, I know you came running to the rescue with kind of your story of how I got you back in a Nintendo. Um, for me, that game actually... I used to go to my rental store back in Belfast. We, we didn't have Blockbuster, we called it ExtraVision. Uh, and I used to rent uh, Mario Party 3 just repeatedly. I probably could have bought it four times over, but I just rented it all the time. <laughs> so I did that, and one day they didn't have it. And the guy at the store said, you should check this game out, Zelda. And I'd never heard of Zelda, I had no idea what it was about. And I rented it and instantly had to go in and buy it instantly. And, and when I got the first three stones uh, at the start, the spirit stones, um, I thought that was the end of the game, yeah, and I was too. so satisfied with it being the end of the game. That was a great game. It lasted quite a long time, mm-hmm. and then the twist came, and it totally blew my mind. So uh, thank you, Jose, for putting that on the top of the list. There was one game, though, that wasn't in that list at all, um, and it, it's a different name for me. I call it Lilac Wars. Uh, but oh, guys, Star Fox 64. Star Fox 64 over here, Lilac Wars for me. That game, like, I'd maybe put it in the top kind of five or six for me, but what I really wanted to ask you guys was I, I picked up Star Fox Zero. Yeah. And I'm a huge Slylet Wars fan. I've got like tons yep. of the gear and caps and all sorts. That game really disappointed me. Um, yeah. it, it just didn't meet the mark for me. It did in some ways, but in so many it didn't. And I just wanted to kind of know what your opinion of that game was and, and if you weren't satisfied, why maybe that was? 
Sure, sure. It's sure. an interesting one. You did you review it? I did review. Yeah. So you you yeah. I think yeah, you enjoyed it. You enjoyed it a little more than we did, right? I did. Yeah. Um, and I I went back and forth on that title. Like there yeah. was there were these moments where I'm like, man, this is so cool, and then I'm like, I wish the controls felt like the old games, and it wasn't. It's kind of like I felt like. Am I being boring? Like, am I? Do I just want the same thing over and over? I've already played Star Fox games before. I, I was exactly the same, and what I was wondering as well was that I couldn't tell if I got older if the game hadn't aged well. Or, yeah, because it was kind of doing the same things, but just wasn't. It wasn't the same. I well, really yeah. figured out why. I think the reason Star Fox as a franchise always succeeded was because it was, it felt like a really cool roller coaster. And the great things about roller coasters is that you uh, don't have too much to think about, and you can focus on how exhilarating the experience is. Whereas Star Fox for Wii U all of a sudden became something where you were constantly micromanaging it, babysitting it almost, and checking in, making sure everything is okay. Yeah. And for some people who are into um, sort of a lot deeper games like that, um, I think it worked out, and it clicked really well with Jose, who's like mm. totally able to manage those systems. When I get home from a long day... I want to be on a roller coaster. I want to yeah. sit down in the chair, yeah. hold up something, and just play through it. Sure. And uh, that's where it kind of lost me. And I think there's a really great game in there. Yeah. Um, there really is. And there's a lot of really cool stuff, and it's got a lot of really good ideas. But ultimately, I, it kept breaking the sort of synchronicity that I had with that game. And, and yeah, you know no, why? And the controls it. were asking too much. Yes. I mean, they honestly were. And it was something that, even though I ended up going in the good category, I think, on IGN, so it's in sevens. Yeah. Uh, sorry if I don't remember off the top of my head. But I think the thing that saved it for me is I did find pockets of that roller coaster. I liked the boss fights a lot. And I just hit this rhythm where once I got it down, I felt really good at it. I mean, enjoyed it. And it did have... But I think part of the problem, too, is that Star Fox hasn't changed much. Yeah. Yeah. And it was something that I don't think I said then that I would say now, is that maybe sticking so closely to 64 and this idea that was, what, 1997? Yeah. When that game came out, quite frankly. Um, don't get me wrong, nostalgia is a great thing. 90s nostalgia is especially in. But there is something to be said for doing something where you're pulling the idea forward but at the same time still retaining what keeps it special. I'm not saying redesign Star Fox from top to bottom because I don't think that would work, but I do think that smart entertainment finds a way to balance it right. And I think when you have something that's still kind of doing the same jokes but is also trying this ambitious control scheme that's asking a lot of you, you're setting up a recipe where people aren't going to be as satisfied. I kept on thinking of Star Wars. First of all, there was a great game called X-Wing back in the days that did something very special in the kind of like in, in the third dimension with spaceships, right? Like yeah. you flew past convoys, you had to check whether they're smuggling something, you had to do all these different missions. But like, I remember the, the feeling of watching the original Star Wars and that end <clears throat> trench run, right? Yeah. Luke does not use the target computer. And Star Fox does all the time. And that mm -hmm. was the issue. It's like, I love seeing the trench and the speed of everything going by, but Star Fox always goes, but no, look over here now, right? Like, and, and I think that took you out of it. There was this kind of fussiness about zooming in on the spiders going up the tower instead of just letting me fly away, come back and shoot them down and just telling me that they're there, right? Yeah. That said, I think there are a bunch of missions, like when you're stopping the missiles that are really exciting, yeah. or when you like, I mean, I started what sweating when those bastard little droids were attacking, you know, the great fox. What like, about, what there's about, some good moments in that game. What about the dogfights? I thought the dogfights dog and Z-targeting yeah. using the dogfighting was smart. But again, like, that was one of that game's probably its best successes. But we have all played space games like EVE in, in VR now, where like a dogfight mm. takes on a, a completely different, like this immersion level is so great where you're sitting in a cockpit 
when somebody flies past you, all you have to do is follow them with your eyes. You actually look and you can see if them. If you don't and throw Star up. Fox, Star Fox couldn't do it. Yeah, unless you, if you don't hurl. That's true. Yeah, but that's the other part of it, right? Yeah. It's asking but, a lot of you as well. But I feel like I mean, this comes across as maybe a little bit too negative. Like I, I still had had a lot of fun with that game and and found a lot of good things in that game. But like, yeah, some of that spark is gone. Yeah. Sam, anything to add? No, I mean, you're totally right, though, coming out of playing all these Oculus and Vive games in, in, in VR, and you're seeing the future of space shooters. Well, that's what Star Fox was at one point. Yeah. It was the future of space shooters. It was a 3D polygon awesome shooter that was, like, cutting edge. Uh, Star Fo- the latest Star Fox felt like a throwback to me. It's not cutting edge anymore, and I feel like my space shooters have to be gorgeous and new and graphically intensive, and it just wasn't. It, it needs a Zelda redo, right? Like Breath of the Wild does oh, yeah. something very different. If somebody right. approached Star Fox that way, it could be really cool. Right. Yep. That's Agreed. exactly it. All right. Uh, we got time for two more questions, so raise your hand, and Winston will find you. And he is walking around right now. Uh Hey, uh, my name's Peter, and hey, you, Peter. Pro- you guys probably all remember me from all the up at noon at- attendance. Hey, Peter, yeah, absolutely. We've seen you, Peter. Yeah, and my question is about Legend of Zelda. Yeah, I asked Peter about this earlier, and I'd like to ask the rest of you about it. Yeah, in 2001, Legend of Zelda released their first ever two-part adventure, which was Oracle of Ages and Seasons. And yeah. Which was a really fun adventure. And That's right. I was wondering, wouldn't it be fun to have another two-part adventure? Sort of like that for the Zelda series. Like yes. two right. games like Pokemon having two editions of a similar game. Although the you know those Zelda games were actually very different, not like Pokemon. Yeah, but there was something really smart about playing one to then get a code and, and put it into the other game to then get a different type of experience. It was sort of following different, slightly different rules. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it was, I, it, was a, it was a cool experiment. I'll actually kind of piggyback on that and say that the original Legend of Zelda is actually the, one of the first, yeah. the first Zelda games to have a two-part exactly. adventure. Because yep. you could play through the entire game and then put input your name as Zelda and replay the entire game in a completely remixed fashion. Which I think, like, if you think about the way Breath of the Wild is laid out... Hmm. There's kind of potential for that. Um, it's a completely open world game that you can play out of order, which is mimicking the original Zelda more than ever. Uh, it'd be really cool if when you finish that game, they just rearrange the, the hidden dungeons and open world areas and, uh, uh, weapons and stuff like that and items. And all of a sudden you went back in and you're like, I'm playing the same game again, but everything's in different places. And it's kind of like getting two games for the same price. The original Legend of Zelda, when you finished it and you started it over again, it was like, well, I'm a kid and I can't afford a new video game, but I kind of have a sequel to Zelda in this game right here. So it'd be really cool to see if Breath of, Breath of the Wild could do that again. Or if they try something like that even with DLC, right? Yeah. Like come up with a way to insert something that wasn't there before that you can stumble upon Master and sort of play. Yeah. Remember, I mean, the original concept for the 64DD version of Ocarina of Time was that you would replay the game and everything's remixed, every enemy is placed differently. And we got a version of that game without the 64DD later as Master Quest. I, I love that concept of, of kind of a remix, Uda Zelda, kind of like different Zelda game. I just, you know, I think the old kind of flagship Capcom Game Boy, Zelda model, they, they're never going to replicate that because it was so much work to create two <laughs> different games. And they're going to make and I three. Think, be I, more work and I don't out. think they sold yeah. twice as well just because they came out together, yeah. right? Like, I, I feel like that model well, they tried... it was pitched as three games and then one oh, yeah, got one, taken away. Don't one forget. One went away. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, um, 
I, I did like that idea, and I, I wonder if, as Al Numa is experimenting with the series constantly, if he'll find a way to tinker with a standalone Zelda that will, that will somehow still break apart into two very different experiences. Um, but not necessarily charge you for it. Like, I think Fire Emblem Fates is a good example of one way to do that. Oh, yeah. Uh, to an extent, right? Like, have two sides of a story and yep. you're exploring it. But in that example, you're paying, and I, I, they'd have to make it worth it, I feel. Where in Fire Emblem Fates? Can you think of another bucks? Zelda game that came out on the same day as another Zelda game and they're very different? Uh, Twilight yes. Princess on Wii and uh, GameCube. Those That's are actually right. two weeks apart, but yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah they but flipped roughly the same flipped way. Without motion controls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, We could get that. Yeah, we'll probably maybe. get two versions of the Zelda, right? Yeah, I don't mean, I mean, that's, that's a very cheap. If they, like, sold Breath of the Wild and then two weeks later they're like, here's Breath of the Wild mirror mode, $60, I'd be like, hey, man, I'm not doing this. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, you're not playing hero mode in Breath of the Wild, because you know what's hero mode? Like, running around in shorts and doing everything. Like, you just don't put clothes on, and you're at a much higher risk of getting killed in that game. Um, But, yeah, I I think we've all kind of hit the answer, and thanks, uh, Peter, for the question. Yeah. Uh, So this is our last question, Winston. It's all on you. He's over on the left side of the room. Winston, man, don't don't pick the wrong person now. Like... This has got to be yeah, good. This is it. Pressure. They're only right people. All right. Stand up, please. And your name, sir? Alex. Alex. Hey, Alex. What's going on, man? So thank you for the show. I really appreciate my daily commute with your voice. Thank and you. And I just wanted to ask a question that sort of segue to a previous question. So there has been a lot of talk throughout E3 that Zelda Breath of the Wild is the last hurrah for Wii U. So do you think Pokemon Sun and Moon will be the last hurrah for the 3DS? If Ooh. not, if you can make one more game for 3DS, what would it be? Ooh, okay, okay. So All I'm right. going to take the first half of the question and give you guys time to think. Is that cool? Yeah, okay. go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think Pokemon Sun and Moon is the last hurrah for 3DS. I think that Nintendo will still continue to support that platform because it is a high install base, and it is a platform where they can make a quality game that's going to sell really well. I mean, Sun and Moon... I, I hate to call this shot early, but it totally makes sense that Christmas is going to be much better for Nintendo this year than it was last year because there's a big game like a Pokemon coming right. out, a, a, the new generation of Pokemon at that. Um, and I don't think you just ignore that, um, especially when you have to define what NX is and hope people will buy it. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, it's, they're being very quiet on the future of 3DS software right now, but we've seen that happen before, you know, when especially when they're cramming away on games for a new console, you know, with with the NX launch coming, but I got to think that there that there are a couple of major franchise installing installments still coming for the 3DS, you know, like we've we've seen a great Zelda game on the 3DS, we've seen a fun multiplayer Zelda game. I feel like it's time for another great single player adventure on that platform and I, I don't think we're done. And then same with Mario, you know. I don't yeah, think we've World seen. Two. I don't think we've seen cool. all Mario can offer on that platform either. Especially when 3D uh, Land got it so right. I mean, I feel like yeah, that was right. a really smart portable game in the style of Galaxy, but not turning the camera and you upside down. Well, we yeah, also no, haven't got. We haven't had like a really dedicated 2D side-scrolling Mario game in a very long time now. Yeah, New you know? Super Mario Bros. 2, I, I really like that. I yeah, like the coin too. swap that they did, like when yeah. you collect coins a lot. Like, that would be a, a great new variation on 2D Mario. Yeah, cool and there was, there was a while there where we were, like, getting burnt out of those games because yeah. they were coming out every six so months, quickly. and then they put out, like, Super Luigi, and all of a sudden we're like, well, now it's been, like, years and years since we've had one of those. Mm-hmm. And I kind of miss when they happened all the time. It's kind of like the 2D Castlevanias or the 2D Metroid games where they happened for so long and then they just stopped mm. and you're like, bring them back. But I think Nintendo, um, it's, 
the way they put their things together, uh, they're sort of like, it's like they're cooking a big meal. And they're focusing on the main course, but they're also like cooking some side dishes on the side. And sometimes the side dishes are like, well, it doesn't look like you put a lot of thought on this, but other times you're like, these Brussels sprouts are amazing. Where'd you get this recipe? <laughs> so out of nowhere, the Brussels sprouts might be better than the chicken that they made, but you're like, I didn't think that would be Making the me hungry. Today. Stop it. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. Uh, so I think that they still have surprises. They still have side dishes. They're going to be focusing on NX, but there's still going to be some stuff that's on the table that's going to be really good. So uh, I would propose a game then to answer the second half of the question, okay. just to get you guys started. I want a Metroid game. I want a 2.5D Metroid game. Yeah. I want that I on a good handheld. for you in a couple weeks. Yeah, There's I mean, no, stop it. No, I'm really happy that uh, <laughs> Super Metroid is on a uh, new 3DS virtual console, right? Like, that's a cool thing for me as someone who upgraded. There are plenty of people who didn't, and that's mm-hmm. fine. If you're going to use that as a reason to move up, why not? 3DS is going to be around, uh, is going to be around a while, in my opinion. Good but God. something new would be great, and someone, you know, just internally at Nintendo, there have to be people championing. It's, it's pretty thing. crazy. I mean, like the, the Konami and Nintendo were the masters at cranking out these wonderful 2D games with uh, with Metroid, with Castlevania, and they they've kind of disappeared, which is a real pity. But Konami cranked out more. Yeah. Nintendo, Nintendo, every Metroid was oh okay, fusion here, yeah, zero yeah. mission here, okay, but, but, silence. But there was no. a there was a good run. Now yeah. you know, I just played in, inside on the Xbox One, and I just can't stop thinking about like, mm. what if you give that developer a 2D Metroid oh, game like with that kind of visual style and stuff? No kidding. I want one, but. I, I agree. That would be an awesome 3DS game. We, we keep on asking Nintendo questions about Pikmin 4, and I've I've wondered like, what if Pikmin 4 is actually a 3DS game rather than a console game? It'd be right? really oh, hard to see it, where you're flinging. Pikmin. Yeah, but think it's about it. You small. have two you have two screens. You have the kind of zoomed in view where you see your Pikmin, and then you have your like tactical kind of you know like general's overview of the battlefield and where you're sending your Pikmin. It could be really cool. To it could sure. be. It could be. And I agree. Sam? I mean, you you got to keep in mind that oh sorry oh, not yeah. to cut you off, but you have to keep in mind that we uh, we got a top down Zelda game in the last year. Yeah, you know, uh, we've gotten two. Yeah, <laughs> Triforce yeah. Heroes and uh, oh, well, I mean, before that, not in the last year, but A Link yeah, Between Worlds is the other one. Yeah, so I mean, I think there's still there's still room for experiments like that. Nope. Okay, fair enough. No, that's good. No, I already much mentioned Super Mario uh, Land two or World two, which would be really cool. But I played Bloodstained at E three, mm-hmm. the new Castlevania, uh, yeah, and it's uh, Castlevania. It's just exactly Castlevania. There's yep. just nothing changed except for the name, and it made uh, me so happy. But I don't want to sit in my living room and play that. I want to play that on my 3ds. Yeah. So right. a port of that would be awesome, yeah. or a sequel to that, or just maybe a Castlevania game. Although this is as good or better than any recent Castlevania game. Yeah. So you guys have any other examples? I have one more. What do you have for? I mean, F Zero. F Zero is the other like sort of like missing Nintendo franchise. For 3DS, for 3DS, it may be too fast. I will agree. Um, But Mario Kart Seven proved that a racing game can do well. It is a kart racer, so the rules are different. Not quite as brutal, brutal, especially if you think about what F Zero GX, which. Hated you, your friends, their family. Like that game was hard. Yeah. See, <laughs> I don't think we'll get it in F Zero on 3DS because the the because Mario Kart sold too well, right? Like the level of effort, the, the level, but the level of effort in in making these two games is is almost even, but the sales difference is two million units, right? And like that, yeah. that's where I feel like Nintendo will always opt for, hey, you know what? It's time for another Mario Kart for the 3DS rather than going to the F-Zero well again. I would be surprised if you go to the Mario Kart on 3DS well again only because that one sold so well and you can easily just wait until you do an NX version or something like that. But you need an install base for that. That's, that's a fair point. Yeah. 
Totally fair point. Maybe yeah. Mario Kart 9 is a 3DS game. I would love another F-Zero. Yeah. I mean, it's been so, so long, right? Like, the last F-Zero we really got, the console F-Zero was Amusement Vision. Mm-hmm. Sega Studio made it. Yep. Uh, F-Zero GX and then AX in the, in the arcades. Sure. And that, that was amazing. That was such a good game. They figured out the right partner to go to to build a game like that. And I, I wonder, you know... A lot of people who worked on fantastic rally racers and uh, amazing racing games are out of a job because a lot of studios like Eden, right, shut yeah. down. I feel like that'd be a good move to well, find an external studio well, to really not, carry that mantle. Let's not forget, though, I mean, Mario Kart 7 was designed by Nintendo Japan, but Retro made those courses. Yeah, like they, right. they were also pretty busy and decided, yeah. hey, let's just throw Retro at this to kind of put this together. It ended up looking great. And Namco made Smash Brothers, right? Like, yeah. they are going with, with more partner studios for That's the right. stuff. So they should be able to make more games. All right. I want more. I wish we had more time, but we are out of it, sadly. Um, I want to thank you very much for coming tonight. We really appreciate it again. Like this event came together at short notice, and yet here you are, and we're really happy to see you. So a lot of people worked really hard to put this show together, and I just want to take a quick second to acknowledge them. Kirsten Slater, Winston Schuh, Alexio Pallarini, Sean Finnegan, Dave Toole, CJ Gibson, our panel up here, Sam Claiborne at the end, Sarah Schneider, Brian Altano. Thank you so much for coming to support us. We really appreciate it, and we will see you next time on Nintendo Wish Chat. Thank you. Shout out to the giant.